music they make, creatures of the night. Ooh, how I love it. Welcome, everyone, to episode 301 of the Fake Nerd Podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm joined by my favorite spooky, spooky, my favorite spooky boys in the world, talking about some spooky movies, shorts, comic books, just tons of spooky shit. It's my episode, baby. We're in black and white. I got Sparks with me. I, I was really ready for a rendition of Werewolves of London. Oh. With that opening, I will. No, that's that's a Ben. That's a Ben joint. Speaking of Ben, hi Ben. I mean, don't look outside now, but I think there's a bad moon rising. It's it's bad. It's full. And it's ready for some good. Speaking of good, <laughs> hi Brandon. But spooky, I guess. Yep. That's I couldn't think of anything clever in my thing, so I was like, but spooky, I guess. Hey, it's something. It's something. It's something. Guys, we're here. Marvels did did it again. They released another thing. It's been like six days, so they released something new. We're gonna talk about it. But before we talk about it. It's spooky time, and I'm just very excited. Brandon, you got any uh, you got any spooky links? I I have links. Unfortunately, they're not spooky though. Well, I mean, it's in the vicinity of spooks. I'll allow it. You know what? We'll we'll work on it. We'll get some spooky links out to the audience later yeah. this week, month, not the week. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ben, very noisily over on his screen, uh, has a link in the description for his old his latest old school gamer magazine article. Um, you will have to unmute yourself because you need to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, it's pretty much just me writing about my experience at the Final Fantasy concert I went to a few weeks ago. Not super spooky, but I mean, I guess One Winged Angel could be spooky because the second you hear that, you know if it's final boss time and it's like, oh shit, and everyone gets scared. So I guess there's that. But other than that, you know, I talked about it a few weeks ago. Amazing show. So if you want to read about it, it's there. Links below. And, uh, and the only thing for us this week she-hulk episodes five through eight we did a fake nerds watch on those four episodes of she-hulk that went up this week check it out we talk about everything that happened all the all the orgasmic details leapfrog of the latest episodes of she-hulk uh just in time for the penultimate episode nope just in time for the ultimate episode yep Uh, technically we were in time to record and discuss the penultimate episode yes um so that's below check it out um we had a good time that's it that's all the links who wants to go first with their week i will sparks does i have nothing really relevant to say yeah so well that's not true we watched the movie together you liar you liar we watched hellraiser and and trick-or-treat did you like hellraiser i watched these things yeah cool i do i I like hellraiser i haven't seen it in a long time beautiful i think it's cool um i forgot how much it's not about the Cinnabites. No. Which is weird. I forgot that. Yeah. I think I was mixing a lot of Hellraiser 2 in my memory into Hellraiser 1. Yeah. Hellraiser 2 definitely dives into the lower and more of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, still been moving and everything. I wasn't here for the news of the last uh, week's episode, which is fair because as Ben pointed out, I'm not an original fake nerd. So it was fine that I wasn't present. Uh, <laughs> and that's What it. happened? What? What happened? He said that. No, he yeah. When he, you guys were recording, he, he he not not in a bad way. He's like, but look, it's like the like the original original people or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Look, when I stop recording, the the episode is expunged from my memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. fair. That's fair. That's very fair. I'll go next because it's it's a little bit more, but it's not as much. Uh, I got to rewatch Hellraiser. I love that movie. I watched it with them. Uh, uh, real effects. Real God, those effects hold up so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so gooey. I love it. Um, really excited for that new one. Uh, that now that I revisit it, uh, Trick or Treat still a great movie. What probably my favorite horror anthology, honestly. Like I think that movie's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing I did this week, 
Uh, I, I, all the shows we're reviewing, I watched them. You know what they are. The main thing I did this week was try to play Overwatch 2 because Overwatch launched this week. Um, you were there being try. Yes. Unfortunately, um, they got attacked. They had a DDoS attack, which is a, which is a type of cyber attack where uh, they fill your servers with millions of fake bots. So the servers were overloaded with not real people. So myself and along with hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of other people couldn't log in for many days um in queues of like forty thousand people and you would wait until it hit zero and then you'd go log an error put you back into the forty thousand. uh so it's not like i was just watching the screen i was on my phone i was doing other stuff um but i want to see how long it would take me to get into a game hours straight up hours uh it's worse for some people better for some other people uh not all of it is blizzard's fault uh getting a cyber attack like this is like you can't you can't expect it you can't you don't know how to fight it until it happens like cybersecurity is is really tough uh, so I, I give them I give them a little bit of uh, a leeway because like this shit's rough. That being said, um, man, Overwatch Two is a good game. It is a good game. I remember when we uh, us three, Brandon, you played it as, as, as a tiny bit of Overwatch a couple years ago. Uh, I think that's one of the best first person shooters ever made in terms of being a team game. Uh, when that game was good, it was so good, and then it kept getting uh, updated years and years. And the meta, the quote unquote meta of the game, uh, people didn't like where Overwatch was at. And then Overwatch 2 comes out. Every single character gets changed a little bit. They add a bunch of new characters. Some characters get full full revamps. Um, they change it from 6v6 to 5v5. And they remove one of the tanks. So every, you know, two of every class. Instead of two tanks, it's one tank. So the tank is so much more important. Now that I've played the game and I've played enough matches, I think this is a good change. I think the, the team dynamic, it's really fun. It's really good. It makes you, you have to play as a team. Uh, like, the thing I learned was, like, jumping into random games. Like, if you don't communicate with people, then, like... It's, it's just not going to work because like every every role is important healers are so much not that they weren't important but they're so important like there's one tank that tank goes down you're all going to die like it is it is a so much more dynamic game it's also now a free-to-play game um and the monetization aspect of it is horrible i play a lot of fort we play fortnite uh we play multiverses in multiverses i can play a couple hours and unlock a new character it would take me two months of constant play to unlock one skin because you get a hundred credits and the credits are and, and the skins are two thousand credits. So mm. it's it's a fudged up system right now. People do not like it. The gameplay is great. The free-to-play monetization system is really bad. Luckily, they'll fix it over time as every single free-to-play system has been fixed. Like Fortnite didn't start amazing. Um multiverse is because that's just that's not what it's doing. But um it makes me really happy that at least the game is there. Cause I know the people at Blizzard, they they love that game and the fans love that game and that is a really cool world and it feels so good to play like i i went back to may my girl may putting up uh ice walls trolling people shit's so good uh, it, it felt it feels really good realizing that i wouldn't be able to lock a skin for like a month really bummed me out um and the fact that there are so many other multiplayer games that i like playing were all your skins there yes they were so yeah uh if you played overwatch one all that stuff comes it comes in luckily uh it did take me a couple days to unlock that uh because of the server shit but it all worked out but uh unless they fix the monetization stuff like i just i would so much rather play multiverses you'll or burn Fortnite. out on it quick i'll burn out yeah and like again the gameplay is good but like for, uh, overwatch is a game i want to play with my friends whereas multiverses the Fortnite, i can play on my own is the campaign stuff available no. yet no it's only it's only multiplayer and it's a lot there's only a couple new maps so the thing is if like if you guys play it'll feel like overwatch one but there are enough subtle changes where it is it is a different game but my main 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 problem is that Overwatch One is not a game you can play anymore. Mm. Specifically on the PlayStation, 
Overwatch 2 is in place of Overwatch 1. This, it just took its place on the server. Ooh, right. It took its place on the server. So you can't, Overwatch 1 doesn't exist anymore. Uh, that was a perfectly fine game for a lot of people. Right. Um, also a big thing, which they changed yesterday, was you need a phone number to play this game. Mm-hmm. Some people have prepaid phones, like Mint, Mint, Mint Mobile and Cricket and stuff like those. Those didn't work. So regular people could not play this game. People who played Overwatch for six years could not play Overwatch. Uh, and then, of course, they fixed that shit. But like EA Activision up top, just the trickle down shittiness on Blizzard. Like you, it's there. And it's just such a bummer because like, again, I'm just so glad the gameplay, the game itself is good. So like in a year, baby, that game's going to be great. But right now, like, I'm not gonna buy. I'm not gonna play 400 matches to unlock one thing. Like, no way, bro. Um, no. I'm I'm glad it's back though. It is a fun game. Like, uh, it like when when I was hot and heavy, I meant I was having so much fun. Um, but but then I get to the screen and I look at the battle pass and I'm like, oh, this battle pass kind of sucks too. So, uh, you know, maybe I would rather just have a sixty dollar game for this specific type of game. But you know, they make more money with free to play stuff. So that was the thing is I didn't mind. I didn't mind like the skin progression system that Overwatch had. I rather liked it once it's... I paid for the game because I felt like I had a lot of... I felt like I earned enough things through gameplay to make choices for purchasing the skins that I wanted to, and then I frequently, frequently, randomly was rewarded. Yeah, the, so the thing is, Overwatch 1 was loot, loot box-based, and we all know loot box are terrible. It is a gambling. It is, is terrible for children. Bad, bad incentives are formed in the children when loot boxes are a thing at an early age. Mm-hmm. Over... Overwatch fans will tell you it is the only game that had good loot boxes. It's true. It is the only one where you actually felt rewarded. Like even if it's just like a, a gun skin or a random skin, there's you're still getting it. Other games think, will give you less. I think the only problem they had, and I think all loot box systems generally suffer from this, but Overwatch, I wish they had fixed it. Um, was when you open a loot box and you would get a repeat. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, there were enough items in the game where I'm like, this just shouldn't happen. If you it's have true. something, it should be something different. That is something. The Avengers game, one of the only things they do really well is if you have a repeat skin, they'll give you they'll give you credit for it. <laughs> well, they give you credits in Overwatch also. Okay, you there get you, go. you get the, okay. the gold credits and everything to purchase another skin. But I'm like, it just oh, you, you just should shouldn't repeat get that so much. at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, it should give you something new. Yeah. Um, I will say the one there is one benefit that I really like. Um, there is. The support class, the healers, um, not a lot of people like healing, um, um, because like it's it's a less offensive offensive class. Love healing. Yes. Um, the thing about for me is like I I like being I like attacking I like being front and center. There's they added a new hero, um, who is the sister to Genji and the other guy. They're all related. Uh, but she's a healer, but she throws kunais, and she also throws, like, healing talismans. So she is a straight-up, like, offensive, like, sniper and a combative healer. And she can immediately teleport to you if you need help. And I love her. She's the support class that I wanted, like, for six years. I'm like, oh my god, like, I can just, it's almost like Anna, like a better version of Anna with her sniper rifle mm-hmm. sniper thing, uh, healing. Uh, I was about to say. Yeah, it's like a better version of that, and I love it. Um, so, like, one day we will, we will play Overwatch again. It is free, so you don't have to buy it. Um, and all the stuff will be unlocked from Overwatch 1, so you'll have all that shit. So, like, the gameplay is there. I wish the model around it was something I wanted to support, so I'm probably not going to play it for a little bit. Um, that's that's my week. Happy Halloween. Cool. Um, I'll go next, actually, because I also don't have a lot. I also rewatched Hell, uh, Hellraiser for... No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that would have been awesome. Uh, no, I've actually never seen any of the Hellraiser movies. I, I, I want to change that, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I... Only want to say because I also watched. Uh, we we all went to see Trick or Treat together. Um, sure, ooh, great movie. Um, I finally watched the Quantum Leap reboot. Um, my mom and I needed something to watch when we had dinner. And we we're like, well, eh, screw it. There's four. There were four episodes. 
five episodes, three episodes that we watched. Twelve episodes. And I'm really happy to say it's really good. Um, I was saying, uh, what? Look, it's a bloodstone. It's oh, red. Yeah. Ah! Amazing. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I really like Quantum Leap. Uh, big fan of it from when I was a kid, watching it on reruns on the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, and as I've mentioned before, like you know, Scott Bakula not not saying that he's not in this new one kind of took the wind out of my sails. Um, I'm really happy I took the chance on the show anyway because it's it's different, but in a good way. Um, there's a lot more focus on the mystery of why this new character has leaped, um, why he made the decision to leap. There's a specific we find out pretty early on that there's actually a specific point in the timeline that he's trying to get to. So in Quantum Leap, you can only go back as far as your own timeline. So if you are so the moment you are born, you can't go any further than that. Wait, doesn't he go back to Jesus times? No. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> one time, one time he does go to the 1800s and that's like the whole point of that moment is to be like, how did you do this? This shouldn't be possible. Um, and so, and then it's revealed that like the end of the series that he can go wherever, it doesn't matter. But when this new guy leaps, he still has the same parameters because he's using the same technology and God hasn't taken it over yet, I guess. Um, and he, there's a program running within the leap system that is pinpointing specific moments in time that will kind of like loop him through the tapestry of time so that he can slingshot further than anyone has ever gone before to a specific moment in time. And I was like, that's a really rad way to, to, to do that. And you, you kind of like keep some serialization, which is pretty big in network TV right now. Um, and uh, because the, the first series is very episodic and jump in whenever. But this one is very much like, you know, you can jump in whenever, but you're you're rewarded if you keep going. All the new characters are a lot of fun. There's a lot more focus on the other side of the leap process now. So we see like the team working in the present day, trying to help our main character, Ben. By the way, it's very strange that the main characters of both shows have been friends of mine. Um, <laughs> I've been named, uh, I have my friends' names. Um, the... Uh, so and so like the the dynamic between the the hologram and the the leapy is not as bad as the trailer made it out to be i'm really happy to say there's a lot of good chemistry between the two there's some tragedy there that i'm i'm really invested in especially especially because we see her side of everything and that really helps because we get to see how hard it is for her to be with this person who doesn't remember her trying to help him through these leaps um and then there's uh, the last thing I kind of want to say about it is that there's a really great tribute to Dean Stockwell um, in the universe. The character Dean Stockwell played Al is dead. He died. They, they kind of make so that he died the same time that the actor did. He has a daughter who has co-opted the quantum leap program for some reason. And she's kind of an antagonist in the show, but there's like, I have two theories. I think she's either trying to save her dad, her, her dad from dying, or she's trying to find out what happened to Sam, which is the main character of the original show. Um, I would, I would be very happy with either of those, but honestly, I'm not even too sure about those. It's fun. I'm really happy with it. 
I've heard people online saying like they're pleasantly surprised too, which is yeah. which is really nice because I know I didn't connect to that trailer, so I'm really glad. Yeah, that's a horrible trailer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really good. I'm really happy. Um, I'm I'm so happy with the show. I I'm actually eagerly anticipated anticipating tomorrow's episode. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good place to be when you like when you're like not sure about something that you want to be good and it ends up being good. Yeah. Um, recommend it even if you haven't seen the original Quantum Leap show. I recommend going th- going to it. It's it's a good it's a good time. Hell yeah. That's that's it. Hell yeah. And Jamino. Also, do uh, apologies because we just finished eating dinner right before we started recording and they're doing the dishes. So if you hear clanking, that's why. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't do a whole lot this week. I just pretty much was doing some writing. Um, the, the main media thing I did do was I finally saw Trick or Treat for the first time. This was my very first time ever seeing this movie. Never seen it before. And I really liked it. I had an absolute blast. And it wasn't until earlier today when I was thinking about it, I was like, you know what? Trick or Treat is the type of Halloween movie that I wish more were made of. Not just like a straight up horror movie, but like a movie that revolves around Halloween. And I don't know, it just scratched some sort of itch for me. Because, you know, obviously Halloween is like, hey, let's watch scary movies. But also, but a lot of horror movies don't center around Halloween. They don't. It's like it's Halloween. You got some really cool monsters, some ghouls, ghosts and all that jazz. And Trick or Treat scratched an itch that I've been wanting scratched for a very long time. Now, even the Michael Myers Halloween films, they work, but it's just one man. It's not any cool supernatural spooky stuff. This one, you got like a lot of cool supernatural spooky stuff. A lot of great twists that I kind of saw coming, but at the same time, I was still very pleasantly surprised. I mean, I know the movie's like, what, 12 years old? Can I real quickly? 15 years old, Can I real quickly bounce off what you were saying, Ben? I've seen the movie before, but I haven't seen it since it first came out in 2007. I forgot about the reveal of the Anna Paquin story. Yeah. That was a really cool surprise. Oh, right. Yeah, that was an extremely fun reveal. And just like the whole time I'm sitting there watching this, I'm like, wait a minute. Like the dots are slowly, for me, the dots are slowly connecting. I'm connecting the dots. I'm filling in the puzzle, the empty puzzle pieces. And then the reveal happens. It's like, oh, I knew it was coming. But at the same time, it's like, I knew it. I knew it. It's not like a, oh, I knew it was coming a mile away. This is bad. It was like, yeah. a, I still want to see what happens. If you, if listeners at home, if you haven't heard of Trick or Treat, it is a horror anthology that came out in 2007. Uh, it's awesome. It, it was straight to DVD. So it was the first time it was in theaters that we got to see, which is really, really lovely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I really think it's, Having rewatched it again, like it is one of the best Halloween movies, one of the best anthologies ever made. It's yeah, so it really, and also I just love how it weaves the stories in. I mean, it does jump; it doesn't like tell one story, then another story, then another story. It's all like interconnected slowly but surely, and you don't spend a lot of time on certain characters until, and then I, I don't even know how long we spend on a certain character or who gets the most amount of screen time. But either way, it's still a very easy progression throughout the entire film. And that was loud, sorry. And I highly enjoyed it. I definitely say it's like, I'm kind of mad at myself for this is my first time seeing it. And it's been out for 15 years. It's, to be fair, it is also more of like a cult hit. Because again, it wasn't even released in theaters. So like, Mm -hmm. if you know horror movies, you know it. But like, it's it's not as big as like a Halloween movie. There's another good, good halloween anthology film that's out there called 31 days of halloween um vhs uh or 31 tales of halloween uh that was also straight to blu-ray dvd it is not quite on the level of trick-or-treat but it's not bad Mm -hmm. um those shorts are all 
it's many, many little anthology stories, and they're not interconnected. Also, the ABCs of horror, those are like shorts. They're like yeah. every every. But I was film. I was talking like a specifically revolving around Halloween mm, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I mean, I knew the trick or treat existed because I remember seeing a trailer for it in front of a movie that I owned. I just can't remember which movie it was exactly. Through a maze of it. Yeah, I did. I walked. Through, I was going. I was getting to yeah. I walked. I walked through the maze of it at Horror Nights a few years ago, and I'm like, I mean, this is cool. Don't know what's going on. And mm-hmm. also, the only bit of the maze I remember is the kid in the beginning who pukes his guts out because he has cyanide or something. I forgot because again, it's been so long. I forgot that, that kid. Uh, if you're a fan of the uh, uh, Bad Christmas uh, with Billy Bob Thornton, Bad Santa movie, that Thurman mm-hmm. Merman from Bad Bad Santa, man, what a character actor, <laughs> what a little guy. Yeah, love it. So, yeah. Besides that, that was the main thing I did. Um, today I watched some football with my mom. That was fun. And other than that, didn't, didn't just got some writing done. I got some, and I'm just anxiously counting down the days until I fly out to Portland. That's pretty mm-hmm. much my, I just cannot wait. Shall we get into our bread and butter then? Uh, sad news up top. Hmm. Sachin Littlefeather passed away this week. If you have not heard this person's name, that is understandable. Uh, but you will probably remember the story uh, when she uh, went to the Academy Awards to decline Marlon Brando's Best Actor Oscar win. She was asked by Marlon Brando to go up there and talk about, uh, I believe something happened, uh, 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 something happened, uh, I think it's called Wounded Knee, um, in the 70s, and she was there to kind of protest that, and she talked about the treatment of Native Americans and 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 in film, and uh, John Wayne almost clocked her lights out um she was issued an apology just this year by the academy mm-hmm. um she was given an apology for it's only like uh, like what like 50 years late but it's fine you know? only 50 years late. Yeah, exactly. only because only because the will smith slap shit happened honestly yeah. and that yeah. created enough buzz about like how they reacted to that and they're like cool but this was okay and they're like uh no that Sorry. was not okay <laughs> fun fact fun fact they were invited to the Academy Museum. I'm not going to name names, but we know somebody who worked there when this happened. Mm-hmm. The family, her family and her were invited there. And while they were there, they left John Wayne clips playing on the TVs in this. the front of the museum yep. as they came in. No, oh no, boy. no thoughts there. So um, the, the notion that this has all been not as uh, well thought out or put forward is there. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's, it's she. You know, she was a she was a, a big activist. She, um, really influential figure in the Native American community. Um, she passed away due to breast cancer the, just this week at the age of seventy five. That's very sad. Yeah, yeah. It's very. Wasn't sad she also? Wasn't she also supposed to come back to the next Oscar? The, the Oscars that are coming up to receive some sort of. I, I read that they were going to bring her back or something. I don't know anything about that. I'll look up. I could be I could be wrong. So That's either way, to give her either way, it's very sad that uh most people, including myself, didn't know anything about her until after Will Smith slapped the shit out of Chris Rock at the Oscars and that created yeah. the fun to talk about this. Yeah. Unfortunate yeah. that it took all that for this. Uh, I uh I'm really glad that I did learn about her though. Um she was um uh she was a cool figure. Um, I really like the balls of just going up in front of the Academy to tell them all to screw off um, there. The, the night afterwards, what like she ruined the whole night. I, I, I think that's really great. 
um like the people were like oh i hope this person doesn't have a cause when, like when they read the best actress uh nominees um yeah so you know that's too bad she was a f the awards man <laughs> i still like watching them at least kim jung gi uh passed away this week he is a he is a a, a artist um known for crazy freehand art it's this one incredible. Is, this one sucks. Uh, he uh, reportedly had bad chest pains on his way to New York Comic Con, and when he, he was rushed to the hospital, and he died in the hospital. His um, his Comic Con booth obviously was empty, and it's just covered with flowers and notes of people who loved him. And oh, it was, that's sweet. That was how old was he? How old was he? Forty seven. Forty seven years old. Yeah, dude. I wasn't super familiar with his work, but his art is effing insane um uh and uh, similarly uh uh there was an ai artist guy going you know if you miss this guy i made some great ai generated art just give me credit using his his and i just i never wanted to punch my computer more in my life um yeah this was this really sucked because like i mean we're not 40s but that dude's that dude's young and he was on 47 too young. going to comic-con and like oh some i don't feel right and it's like it sucks was he was it a heart attack or i i know it has not been released what the cause of death was exactly um ben i'm sure you haven't seen his artwork around i highly recommend you look up some of the videos of his artwork he drew in pen the final picture no pencils no no shit no faded lines to to tell you where to tell you where to go he just did that it was all in his mind the man was an artistic genius um i remember when when dc i think commissioned a few variants from him and they were uh they were really like sought after and they went off the shelf uh, right away um, yeah. I've watched the video of him just. Draw- I've watched videos of him drawing constantly. They're they're so cool to watch. Yeah, this one it's a it is a bummer. Yeah, forty seven is far too young. All right, moving on. The El Muerto movie is apparently still happening. Yeah, it is. Um, Sony has hired Gareth Dunnett Alosser. Dunnett Alosser. Who has written the, who had uh, to write the script for El Muerto? He also wrote the script for Blue Beetle, the upcoming Blue Beetle film, mm-hmm. and um, he had written the last like big thing he wrote was a movie called Miss Bala, um, with Gina Rodriguez. It's a pretty good movie. I liked it. Cool. Uh, I mean, like again, like I don't. This is like the one character that like nobody really cares about it has literally two appearances if if anything like again i don't care this has the the room to be the most uh, uh innovative and do whatever they want with it to tell a really cool story but right now i don't care but like not being tied to spider-man as a character or anything like uh i i you know i'm trying to be positive <laughs> I think we all have the same. Sparks is kind of looking at you like, really? Yeah, you want to be positive? No, no. Um, like, I, no, I just, I, I, I'd rather live in positivity than negativity. Just like, no, I, 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 I think no, we're I, all, yeah. the, I was saying, I was saying, I was saying that I think we're all on the same page of like, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. This is a, this is a weird situation that they've decided to adapt this character specifically with this, with this Bad Bunny, not an actor, is a singer? No, Bad Bunny's in, he is a singer, but he was in Bullet Train. Okay. Oh, he was in Bullet Train. He's the wolf. He's the guy. He fights Red Pit. Oh, cool. He's actually, he. I think he's really charming, and I've seen some interviews. He's really cool. Um, again, like it's not a character I care about. So like, I I'm 
more interested in this than Craven because I care about Craven. I have, that makes sense. You know what I mean? I have to admit that unfortunately, Bullet Train's not a great reference point of how much he can perform only because he has minimal amount of lines. No, that's fair. Um, he can be, a, he's good action in it. Yeah. Good yeah. stunt performer. Yeah. Um, the thing, the thing about it, and I did see people bringing this up, uh, cause I, I'm like a white dude. Like this guy is, is like, is, is like a Mexican director. And like, he comes from that background and like him bringing that, like his own flair and cultural identity to this character can be something unique that like the Spider-Man universe doesn't have. And maybe they pick the character where they really could just do whatever they want with again. Why, why this character? Um, but like, I think, I think my, I, I think my big thing is that. Um, if they're if if they're going into it with the mindset of like telling their own story rather than trying to like shoehorn a way of expanding another corner of whatever stupid Spider-Man thing they're trying to do, it's just weird. It's him. As long yeah. as they're as 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 long as they're going at it with like they're doing something of their own and not just trying to make that work. Yeah, I have no qualms. This could be an enjoyable film. I yeah. have I have no attachment to El Muerto, but I won't roll that. Could out be the next werewolf by night. Who knows? But it's all about it's all about like the mindset of. Not even necessarily the director, but like, what are the pressures the studio is going to put on as far as like, if they try to shoehorn too much connectivity to these other properties that they're trying to make their little pocket universe yeah. out of? I think that's the thing that's going to detract from the movie. Yeah. And as long as they're not, that doesn't happen. We won't know. But as long as that doesn't happen, I have no reason to be anti El Muerto. I'm more anti these other things because that is what they're trying to do. They are trying to force these these pocket universe bullshit that's just not working because they don't put the quality into it. Yeah. I I'm think that's kind of. Go ahead, sorry. I was gonna say I'm just I'm, I am kind of excited about Russell Crowe and Craven though. I'm not gonna. I think Sparks is absolutely right. You know, when you look at like, that's kind of the biggest problem with all of these movies. Like, you try to shoehorn Spider Man into all of these movies without just kind of trying to do something interesting and fun, and it's not working. And I wish they would. What? I wish they would do something fun. Venom 2 is a really good example of, hey, just make a fun movie. Yes. It's not tied to Spider-Man. Yes. Like I the Craven plot itself is bad. I, I'm not excited about the plot, but like everything uh -huh. surrounding it and the actors involved, I'm like, I there's something there that Aaron Taylor Johnson really seems to believe. And like yeah. I really like I've really grown to like that guy. Um so you want to believe. Because I want to believe. Right. But like it took Venom to get to Venom 2. So like my first the first Craven, I'm like, who knows? Who knows? I just man, it's so weird. What a weird universe they're not building fast enough. I think the, the more I think the more that El Muerto can stand on its own, the better off it'll be. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the Madam Web set photos? At least yeah, I'm, I'm ex now I'm excited for that movie for real. I'm yeah. really curious what that movie's going to be yeah. now. Uh, uh, pulling from the Straczynski run, my favorite Spider-Man run. Yeah, not 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 what I expected. Very very curious. Very weird. Why don't we move on to Spawn? <gasps> Spawn, Todd McFarlane was teasing all week. Big news for Spawn. Delaying, delays even. Uh, but the, the, the day came and, and the big news is that they have a team of writers that are working on the script for Jamie Foxx to start in Spawn. Um, Scott Silver, who wrote 8 Mile and Joker. Okay. Um, yeah. With Malcolm Spellman, Malcolm Witch Soldier, and Empire. Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, and Matthew Mixum, who doesn't have a lot of credits to his name, nothing that we would know. Uh, just a couple shorts. Um, we'll write the scripts together. Okay. Um, that first guy is really good. Eight Miles is <laughs> an Academy Award-winning movie. Yeah, it's a real could go either way. It, it is a well, yeah. Uh, but like, I mean, like there are worse names to have, I guess. No, there are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, doesn't immediately give me super hope though. 
Five Nights at Freddy's. I feel like Spawn has a lot of room for success. Todd McFarlane's directing it. Yeah. Could go either way. Maybe. This could I want be, to worry. I do think I do think Spawn could either be a really great movie or a really bad movie. I'm just saying the last time a comic book guy tried to direct his own stuff was Frank Miller in the spirit. So so it could either be a really great no. It could be really yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be Sin City or the Spirit. Um yeah, you know, who knows? I'm here's I'm surprised. That's coming. Here's a, just just and like it's still Jamie Foxx. Just cool. for like spirit comparison, like I didn't hate watching it. I like <laughs> That's true. It. I like looking at it. It was it was interesting. It wasn't it's not a good movie. It's interesting to it's watch. Not a good movie. I'm not saying that. It's not the word I'm, I'm saying. saying. No, I know, but Todd McFarlane is a guy who's never directed a movie and we're going to give him a $100 million blockbuster. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. that's the part I don't, you can be a great writer, you're, you might look bad. But who knows? I bet, it could I be bet a Clive Barker situation where he's actually a really good filmmaker. Right. I bet this is $50 million and Jamie Foxx isn't the star. And he isn't the star? Yeah. No, I bet Jamie Foxx stays. No, so, like, someone, no. someone, so Spawn is the side character, not the main character. Hmm. That meant, yeah. That, that's, that, yeah, that is a cool approach to it, I guess. Okay. Just kind of like, I'm thinking, like, who, what studio would give Todd McFarlane that much money to make a, a Spawn movie? But a $50 million movie well, that, does, that has a low low risk, high reward. Jamie Foxx is, co- is like a co lead in it. Yeah. As, and Spawn just kind of shows up as like, just like randomly throughout the movie. I think it'd be pretty cool. Sony would. Sony would, you're right. I'm trying to see. If I can find budget. Paramount would if they had faith. Oh, Paramount. Ooh, what are you doing, Paramount? I was, um, I was just saying, all this information spawns at Paramount. Do we all go, mm. Ooh, That's... actually, this gives me even more exciting news. The budget's apparently $10 million. Interesting. That means it's a low-budget horror movie. Ooh, yeah. Todd, maybe you speak to me, Todd. Do something, please. We've seen some pretty good, good low-budget horror movies, well, especially genre. Money. Less money with a director without experience makes me more excited. So, like, mm. the fact that it's you not have to be more creative. Exactly. Like, $100 million with somebody who's never handled that much money before. Like, we've seen how the X Men Origins, oh, that's how that happens. Like, yeah. $10 million, it actually makes me really excited. Okay, Spawn. Five Nights at Freddy's, then. Ben, Speaking of it. horror, Five Nights at Freddy's, Ben's favorite game of all time. Five Nights at Freddy's is finally getting its live action adaptation. Um, we have the director. Emma Tammy will direct the film and confirming the news that we that we heard a while ago, uh, Jason Blum, Blumhouse confirmed that Jim Henson's Creature Shop is working on the animatronics for Five Nights at Freddy's. Could Those you, animatronics are going to look damn good. I'm, I don't, I'm not familiar with this person's work, so I'm trying to see. Uh, they do. Okay. All right. Okay. They got a couple a couple things. Cool, cool, cool. I didn't see anything anything that I saw personally. No, yeah, I didn't recognize it either. But like, yeah. she has work. Um, I'm. This is a, uh, in, in terms of making a movie, a pretty fun, easy movie to make. Low budget, uh, yeah. trapped in with, with spooky monsters. Again, Willie's Wonderland came out, and even the most diehard Nick Cage fan, like that movie's not good. Like he makes that movie fun, but without him, that movie's a disaster. So like the fact that we're actually gonna get a real version of it that like everyone wants with the budget and Bloomhouse and Blumhouse, uh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, animatronic puppets. They're too spooky. I'm, yeah. I'm mostly excited for even if the movie ends up being bad, I would see it for the animatronics because I'm yeah. I'm very excited oh, yeah. for that. Oh no, awesome. I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, with Jim Henson's creature department behind us, like 
I mean, the movie could be horrible, but at least the creatures are going to look good. At least those poets are going to look scary. And oh. I'll see just I'm I'm going to see it just for that. So I can't wait for the Fortnite skins to come out in time with the movie. <laughs> oh, that's just right. uh, maybe we can give Jim Henson's Creature Shop enough money to buy a new voice actor for Kermit. Oh, oh no, they are committed um, to their choice. That's true. Also, Jim Henson's Creature Shop, I don't think actually owns the Muppets anymore. Avengers Secret Wars. Oh. They have a writer. Ooh, people are mixed. Michael Waldron yeah. is going to write Avengers Secret Wars. Uh, Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness, and Loki. Um, I mean, it just makes sense. I, I'm very happy with this choice. Because yeah. whether... I think Loki's script is... I think overall Loki's script is really good. I, I can argue that the script itself for Doctor Strange isn't great, but the ideas and the fun in the script are there. The fun, cool ideas are there. The Illuminati, that's like that's where the problem is in the script, not the cool action that happens. But interestingly, that's not actually in the script. That was just Benedict Cumberbatch saying it on the day, and he oh. fought to keep it. Benedict, that's why you're an actor. Um, <laughs> I, I think Michael Waldron is a dude... Again, I think he's another Rick and Morty alum, but like Rick and Morty people have to be really creative, right? So like it makes sense. Like That is a, like a through line. Uh, I really love Loki. I really love Doctor Strange. Um, Michael Waldron is a guy who clearly has gets like genre really well. Like man, Loki and Doctor Strange are the two hard, most hardcore genre shit happening in the MCU right now. So like that's really really fun. Uh, I'm I know people are not excited about it. Uh, some people are because people don't like Doctor Strange. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I really love Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, it's one of my favorites of the MCU. I'm a little mixed on this though. Yeah. But most of the, mostly I'm positive because we know there's a lot from just him. He's just spoken a lot about deleted concepts from the multiverse of madness that never made it out of the script phase. I know he could probably make the movie that secret wars probably needs to be. And I also know that he works well with a director. He on, he constantly talks about how he kept rewriting scenes to fit Sam Raimi's tone. And I think it paid off for the most part. Cause yeah. I think Sam Raimi really comes through in that movie. So it, depending on the director of Avengers secret wars, yeah. I think the two of them could probably make a pretty damn good movie. Man, I, I think the the one-two punch of Jeff Loveness writing the the King Dynasty, yeah. and then Michael Waldron like those are two hardcore comic book nerdy dudes. Like that's 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 that is the dream that I wanted. Uh, uh, sorry, Marcus and McFeely. Uh, I but. look. My main thing that gives me like pause. No positivity for Michael Waldron. Yeah, that's what is, I want. Is that. Uh, when he was doing interview stuff, he was talking about Multiverse of Madness. I believe this was on the Ringer episode he was on. And he said that uh, when he came on to Multiverse of Madness originally in the script version, it was that um, Wanda was going to be, be the villain at the very end mm -hmm. of the film. Mm -hmm. And he came in and he was coming from like a, a slim amount of knowledge of the arc of WandaVision. And he said, this makes no sense. Why would we do a whole arc of her for her to become the villain at the end? When we've already had the arc of WandaVision, That's why true. are we just continuing that? She should start off as the villain, and regardless of how like WandaVision didn't set up that piece very well for those to work in in uh, tandem. Tandem. Um, it it is him understanding the importance of what should be happening for uh, something fresh and moving the story forward for the overall MCU. He understood coming into it that there was no point 
uh, if they were going to make one of the villains, like it shouldn't be a thing that we're just setting up at the end of this movie. It should just be this movie. Yeah, there's no point in holding that off after you've just done WandaVision. What, why, what, what story does that tell? And that gives me faith. I have more faith in him than I had in uh, R2, Infinity War, and Endgame writers because I don't think that they understood the voices of the, all the characters that they wrote or how to thematically tie them up. And I think Waldron has a better grasp of the MCU as a whole. I agree with that. Just from things he said. Yeah. I, I, uh, I agree with that to the better grasp of the mcu um waldron is also kind of one of those writers who has come up you know he wrote a couple of, he wrote like an episode or two of two different tv shows and then went to do what was that i don't <laughs> anybody know hear, anybody that would hear be the, your room for sure oh no um, <laughs> um and he um and he so he and then he got to show run loki and then he got the the thing like normally I do. Michael Waldron is in that category of just like these writers that I kind of I kind of look at Marvel and just say, okay, you really only got them because they were cheap. Um, but Waldron, I think, has kind of worked out in their favor because for whatever that is, Feige really likes him. Feige likes him so much that he's writing his Star Wars movie. Yeah, Michael I, Waldron is writing that Star Wars movie that Feige is producing, and I I like Feige. I have no reason to think that his. That he has bad taste and i so far i've liked michael waldron a lot yeah i think importantly a lot of other things that waldron has done very blatantly in talking about like creating like working on loki and working on doctor strange he's very collaborative not just mm -hmm. with like the producers yeah. and everything but with the production team or the writing staff on loki so like he works really well with <sighs> others and i think he's not waldron doesn't feel like he's closed off to only his ideas of what the story should be and yeah. open to all kinds of interpretations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't think that's something we had with Marcus and McFeely for the Avengers. And I think that's super important. So Waldron gives me more faith than most. God, could you? Plus, if he correctly, if he wrote the Loki finale, he knew how to write Jonathan Major super good. Yeah. Like that is a scene of talking that is just, that's an episode of talking that's just super, super good. Juicy good shit. So could you guys, could you imagine a world where Sam Raimi directs the final Avengers movie. Boy. I was Dude, I would, I'm saying Michael Waldron, that like, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but it gives me like 10% more. Like, what if? Oh, that's the what if that I want to watch, man. Uh, he's, uh, he's yeah. busy doing other stuff. I know. I know, but like, I would like it. I don't know if he, I don't know if he would even want to. It's going to, it would be a very big movie. It's, it would be the biggest movie ever made. And I don't know if he wants, if he just wants to ever make that, well, he made Doctor Strange though, so. Uh, but Doctor Strange, you have to, you can't be as much owning your tone. Yeah. With with that kind of film <sighs> as you are with That's, Doctor Strange. That is true, but you can it, it would you could still add the Sam Raimi flair to it. No, no, no. Yeah. So like, I'm not and, saying he's incapable. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I think that God, that'd be such a fun challenge. Oh, man. it's not. Good. Um. Okay. Hell yeah, Ben. Thumbs up from Ben. You like Avengers? Ben's like, I'm gonna see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the new it's an Avengers movie. Of course, I'm gonna see it. Yeah. And also all the stuff that Brandon was saying about how he's very uh, how he worked with Sam Raimi to fill it to to rewrite scenes to fill to fit Sam Raimi's tone. I mean, that gives me hope. Everything you guys are saying is like this gives me hope. So I'm looking forward to it. Whoop whoop. Some casting news then. Dune, the Sisterhood. Has cast its two lead actresses. Mm. 
Honey Jesuit. Emily Watson and Shirley Henderson will star in the series for HBO Max that will be set 10,000 years before Dune and follows the Harkonnen sisters as they combat forces that threaten the future of humankind and establish the Bene Gesserit. Prequels are back, baby. They're back. Um, these two ladies are super intense actors. Super intense, very good, very witchy vibes. I believe one of them was in The Witch. So I am thrilled. I love this. I, I keep thinking that show's canceled, and they're like, no, we're doing it. This is going to be an expensive Apple show. Uh, uh nope. Apple? HBO Max. HBO Max. I'll be honest, like, Dune shows always felt like they were living in the same, like, conversation as Dark Tower shows, where I was like, yeah, but they won't do it. Because again, <laughs> you, can't, you can't not have a, this is a big budget show. You like you, you saw Dune. Like, you can't half-ass this one. So, like, it's real, and they got, like, real actors, like, Man, I'm just sad. It's a good time for me. Happy happy birthday. Sparks, unfortunately, has now made me sad because I remember I was really excited for those Dark Tower shows. You know, it really was the right way to go about it. A trilogy of films with, I think, two seasons of television in between each yeah. set of films. That'd be so... F- that's, that's truly the correct way to try and adapt that series. I can't think of a better way ever since I heard it. Um, it's unfortunate that that didn't come to pass The fact whatsoever. that we still don't have, like we make a TV show and then the next thing is a movie. Like the fact that that still has not ever happened blows my mind. Like I, the synergy is so easy. I feel like whatever. I don't know. Well, it's happened. It happened. It used to happen a lot and you know, uh, in, in Hollywood, but then it stopped. But like old school. I'm not talking, I'm talking not old stuff. Like where it's like, you can make something for $7. I mean, like you make a game of Thrones season one and then the, the, the house of the dragon movie comes out. Like, no, I know movie. I was saying, I was agreeing with you because it felt yeah. like the, it felt like that would have been the natural progression. If we kept going from like the eighties and nineties where we would make movies off of, off of TV shows once the show, once the show has ended or been canceled, yeah. it felt like the natural progression of that would be what we're seeing now, which would be like game of Thrones season one, big budget movie. Um, as, as you said, and Downton, I wonder if Downton Abbey's doing it. Downton Abbey is doing it exactly. And I, I just, I always just kind of felt like it, it's, it, it's just, it's just weird that we don't do it. Like quite honestly, it's just weird that we don't do it. We are getting, and I don't count this as the same, getting like sequel movies. You know, like 10, 15 years later on the streaming yeah. service. I'm not counting that as the same thing. Yeah, sure, but that's because I. No, I get you. You're yeah. talking like in the moment. In the moment, absolutely. Yeah, it like, is. It is in retrospect. It remains weird that Game of Thrones finale was not a film. That would have been that would bet to be a movie that I went and spent money on. No, but no, for real. But like, no joke. That probably would have been like the, one of the highest grossing movies of all time. With the amount of people watching Game of Thrones and its height, that right. would have been a billion dollar hour and a half movie. It's, it's genuinely stunning from like a, a marketing standpoint that, that that they didn't go for that. Yeah, what the MCU is the closest. Oh, it is doing it with Captain America. That is the first one. There we go. We're getting it. Thank you. Hope it's good. As Ryan mentioned, prequels are back, baby. Because Tom Welling has been cast in The Winchesters, the supernatural prequel. Uh, Tom Welling will play Samuel Campbell, who was Sam and Dean's grandfather. Yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, I'm glad that guy's getting a paycheck. He needs to fund that uh, that super that uh, Smallville animated show. Is that happening still? He and Michael Rosenbaum always talk about it. They got a podcast. That's a charming podcast. The Smallville. That's also watch funding it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, self-funding it maybe. They'll make that show one day. Whether it kills it's them. It's interesting because both of them had like zero interest in returning, yeah. and then changed their minds. Hey, Amen. I guess. I guess if it can be. You. I guess if it can be animated. Yeah, it makes it a lot, um, a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I got. Uh, it was always a bummer that 
Although we heard the details, like why Rosenbaum wasn't wasn't part of the Crisis on Infinite Earths thing, but it's always a bummer that he wasn't part of that too. Yeah. I always really liked when Smallville went to comics. The season 11 comics I thought were really good. Um, continuing Smallville in another format was always enticing to me, so I hope it does come back. Mm-hmm. Agatha, Coven of Chaos. Emma Caulfield, Emma Caulfield Force has confirmed that she will return as Dottie. This is weird. This is this is really cool because uh, it it before Doctor Strange two came out, people thought that that was Clea, right? Trapped in trapped in the thing because right. she's a blonde lady. You know, there's only a couple characters that could be. Uh, it's not her. So everyone's going, okay, who's another blonde magical master mystical mystical lady? And it's Arcana Jones, who's from the Squadron Supreme. Um, why they would choose her to do this? Like. It, it, it is weird she's coming back. So people think she is a straight up a real character. Otherwise, it, why bring back Dottie? That, that is weird. Um, well, it's the show weird. is set in Westview. Hmm. Yeah, it's there. weird. It's weird in context of like we see her freed from Wanda at the end and just confused and upset. Yeah, and so it's like, okay, what? I just I want to believe that like Marvel's always just trying to give us a little more character stuff here and there. So like I hope she is. Uh, uh, obscure villain or happy your character happy for anya would love to see her more i have no problem with that i'm just confused as to yeah how that will go about but that's fine yeah she she mentioned she brought this up in the same in the same interview that she also talked about an illness that she is suffering from um and it uh seemed like to me from that interview that she was saying that she's just she because the show would be set in westview because at last time we saw agatha she had her mind wiped so the kind of that's kind of what it felt like she was saying like yeah i'm, I'm back as a resident of westview mm, okay, okay. now that it's not hexed anymore she would just be just coming back as a regular person i think person. i think, yeah, I think yeah. I, I, odds are probably that like before agatha because agatha will have to get her memories back at some point in the show or there's no show yeah um probably before that she's probably agatha's confidant or friend yeah that makes sense mm-hmm I'm very excited that show's happening. Love, love Agatha. Can't wait to see who else might show up on that show. <laughs> who Elsa <laughs> might show up on that? It's not. It's not Elsa. I uh, I really like the title of that movie. Show. All right. Mm-hmm. In news that only I will care about, the Nun Two, Tessa Farmiga will return as Sister Irene. I'm excited. Let's move on. Ben loves the Conjuring films. What do you mean? Give him a moment to talk about it. But Gush, nobody ben likes the Nun. Yeah, I'm the only one who likes the nun. That's not true. I think the nun's fine. Okay. I like I'm the line where he goes, "Holy shit, the holiest." Yes. <laughs> That's a that good sequence. Uh, that sequence where all the bells ring above the graves is really good. And Daisa Formiga is a very talented person, so like, she is. so like them coming back is cool. Like I, I'll wait for reviews. Like I'm not holding out hope. I'm so struggling to remember how that movie ends, but I remember it being visually wild. I don't remember it all. She, um, yeah. Yeah, it's like there's like this pool and there and like Valak is attacking them in this like large underground pool. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, she. Uh, uh, I just found out is Vera Farmiga's sister, and there's a thirty year age gap. You didn't know that. You didn't know that. No, I thought. So. Yeah, I thought Tessa was what? Vera's. I thought Tessa was Vera's daughter. Oh, oh no. no! Yeah. Yeah, they're sisters. From uh, and there's four siblings between them. Yep. The Farmigas. Yeah. That shouldn't be that's weird to you. 
No, it's not. It's just <laughs> I I always I thought it was a it was a mother daughter situation because it's thirty oh, it years. I get it, but I mean, you of all people. I know. I have a thirty. My brother is thirty years older than me. <laughs> right. Um, Nosferatu, the uh, Robert Eggers remake. Nicholas Holt is replacing Harry Styles. Yes, God's good. <laughs> I also just found out Harry Styles was originally cast in this movie. Yeah, this is good. Did did we talk about Harry Styles being Nosferatu, or was that some other? Podcast? No, no, he no. Wasn't, he wasn't Nosferatu last week. You guys were talking about how it was um, Bill Skarsgård. Thank you, Bill Skarsgård, who got cast mm-hmm. as him. Yep, Harry Styles was probably Renfield or something else. Okay. Not Renfield, oh, um, but uh, he's probably some other other character. God. Nicholas Holt is Renfield. Nicholas Holt is playing Renfield in the Dracula movie with Nicholas Cage. There you go. That's why that was there. Can't be two Renfields. Or can you? Too many. Renfield. I just remember the movie exists, and I'm really excited. Yeah, those those set pieces were like, wow, Nick Cage, you look hilarious. Hell yeah. I hope it's a good. I hope it's a good movie. Like uh, Robert Eggers gives me a lot of faith. There's only been one other Nosferatu remake, so. Yeah. Ready for it. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has cast Eka Darville from Jessica Jones. Uh, he's the neighbor who helps Jessica. Oh, okay, King cool. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's great. Yeah. Real, real quick, uh, just because it was funny. When you guys were talking about Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes last week, someone must have posted a comment right at that moment talking about Sigourney Weaver in the Avatar 2 yes. trailer. You guys did not make that clear because you were talking about a little girl in Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and all of a sudden it was like, yeah, and it'll be played by Sigourney Weaver. And now, yeah. whoever was, and I was like, what? No, because happened. Like, yeah, she because some lady. <laughs> I figured it out through yeah. context clues yeah. and listening to it twice. Gail, I remember Gail asked, "Have you guys, have you guys seen this thing? Let me talk about it." Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I get it. I was very confused. I was like, "What little girl mm. is returning no. in Kingdom no, of the Planet of the Apes?" No, it's very clear. Yeah, it's very clear. Yeah, anyway, I like that guy. He's cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, but not all bad. No. We'll get there. No. Harley Quinn, the animated series, is announced this week that a Valentine's Day special will air on Valentine's Day in February 2023. Neat. Good for them. Lovely. The Penguin is circling a director uh, mm. in the form of Craig Zobel, uh, who directed The Mayor of Easttown. Oh, Okay. But that's exciting. They're looking to to start filming soon. God, yeah, Colin Farrell's back as a penguin. Not the bad, not the bad stuff. Oh, sorry, Parks. You know about you know about Craig at the Creek. Oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, was this the tweet you made earlier this week? Oh, I made many tweets. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Craig of the Creek and a show called Jessica's Little Big World, which I believe is a spinoff of Craig of the Creek. It is a spinoff series that has not aired yet. They had their episode order, their season order, cut in half this week. Yes, they did. Yeah, and a lot they... of their a lot of their production staff was laid off due to it. Not just Craig the Creek, uh, overall Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, ton of staff was laid off. We do not have the full details or numbers. We just know crap ton because people in the industry are tweeting saying people lost their jobs. Um, we don't know the severity of this. Uh, we just know it's bad. Um, yeah. Uh, this is real quick. This is bad for Craig the Creek. It sucks. Craig the Creek's a great show. Doesn't deserve it. Um, deserves multiple episodes. It's one of the only uh, new cartoons that they've been pushing lately and um, giving the spinoff series Jessica as well. Uh, having their episode orders cut in half is never cool. 
Um, just really shitty. It's just really shitty. Really shitty. Very upset about it. And it's, I'm also more upset about all the layoffs yeah. that have happened at Cartoon Network and Adult Swim this week. Um, they happened on Friday, right before the weekend. Um, tons of people lost their jobs. Uh, earlier, same week, Cartoon Network just celebrated its 30th anniversary. And now they are laying off this wide amount of staff. I can't say that and we're all surprised. We knew Zaslav had no interest in animated programming. Mm -hmm. Um so the fear that's going around right now is that Cartoon Network will remain a channel, but the studio itself will be shuttered completely mm -hmm. and consumed into Warner Animation. Um, so no new Cartoon Network shows. It will just essentially be Boomerang, but for a newer generation. Um, and nothing new will be made for it. That's, that's a shame. We don't know that. That's the fear. The writing on the wall. That would be that would be a shame. Uh, there was yeah, a report that came out that said supposedly uh, a lot of the Cartoon Network layoffs were due to Zazalov wanting to focus more on Adult Swim rather than the Cartoon Network, whatever that means, because he also laid off a bunch of people from Adult Swim. So, I don't know. <clears throat> he doesn't believe in family programmings, especially of the animated nature. Doesn't believe yeah. in it. Just doesn't. Doesn't believe in investing in it. Oh, I'm sorry, but... Um... Remind me again who the mascot of Warner Brothers is. Oh yeah, a cartoon rabbit. It's he it, doesn't know someone, that. Someone someone put it really well talking about it on Twitter that they were like, it's very jarring and and sad to feel have felt all this 30 30th anniversary build-up stuff with Cartoon Network. People were things where people are sharing like the day the channel launched and all kinds of great stuff around. And it's felt like the swan song. It's yeah. felt like People know that the end is coming. Um, I really hope that's not true. Cartoon Network is, I think, extraordinary and very important to our culture. But um, Zaslav sucks. So it's true. Never day. I, I mean, I didn't even know that this was Cartoon Network's 30th anniversary, and the fact that this this channel has, and this network has been around for so long for this long, and it has has such a pedigree of amazing animated shows that people to this day still talk about and still absolutely adore this is a slap in the face this yeah. is absolutely just like these people came together they made something amazing we have had some of the best and some of the greatest shows come out of that network over the past 30 years and now all of a sudden you're doing this good god i hate Zaz i thought i couldn't hate zaslov more now i do no, it's like like again, like we said it before, but like he's just a dude, like he doesn't he doesn't view any of this as art, he views it as like as a spreadsheet. And if the spreadsheet is low, then it doesn't make money and he doesn't care about it. And that's and I know what and I know Warner Brothers is a movie studio, they've made films before, but I will still die in the hell that Bugs Bunny helped made the Warner brand. Those Looney Tunes sure. cartoons helped me Warner Brothers to what it is today. Yeah. I don't know. Yakko, Wacko, and Dot live in the water tower. I don't know. Back. I think they've done more. <laughs> uh the Animaniac show and something else are completely safe because the licensing isn't actually owned by Zaslav. So he can't touch he it. can't he can't do anything with it right now. Um, but everything else is kind of on on thin ice on the chopping block. Um I I don't know, guys. I'm very disheartened. Uh my biggest thing, like I, I'm a been a strong proponent the entire time of this podcast that like Cartoon Network is making some of the most progressive children's media out there. 
that they are and that's probably why <laughs> that they are pushing the paradigm i but th- th- sadly i don't think it is yeah. sadly i don't think that's the reason i think the reason is just he doesn't give a shit about cartoons yeah that's it like i think it stops there i don't think he's even looked into these things to see how progressive they're being yeah. i don't think he gives a shit yeah that's I'm honestly not it. it i don't think that has been factored in at all i think he truly just doesn't care about Animation. any of it yeah. any of it um so i just i don't have a lot of hope for the near future of cartoon network and cartoons uh, I think out of warner um, right, sparks i i know th- i know what we should do let's boot up the old animation station studio and let's get cracking let's bring Wait, let me tell back. you let me tell you i will be talking a lot about these cartoons if they get all swept under the rug i will um i mean because it's just terrible they haven't they haven't said that they're canceled but if if their orders are cut in half that probably means they're probably gonna get canceled craig right? craig of the creek and jessica's show are probably writing on the wall going going away probably get canceled um, yeah yeah uh, and, like it, it, and once this happens it's only a matter of time before hbo max and there's just scrub from the internet again uh this is one of those things where um the reason why there's a lot of people believe that it is just going down to just being a channel and they will shutter cartoon network studios is because um the only new shows that have any episodes uh still in production like ordered in advance there are ones that they are finishing touches on like we talked about the summer camp island gets to finish their season victor and valentino is finishing it too season, far along yeah. um because they're they're near the end of their production run but the ones that still have new episodes coming out are we baby bears they're still cleared to go for the moment craig of the creek and jessica's uh show they're those two now with their episode order cut, they're still the new shows in production and Teen Titans Go. That's it. That is it. They have not greenlit any other new cartoons for a while. So it doesn't look good. Yeah. Rest in peace, Cartoon Network. It was great. Well, it lasted, unfortunately. Uh, a new Doom Patrol trailer came out this week. I don't think any of us watched it. Um, but it is I'm nice. behind. It, it is just nice. I just want to point out it reveals a December <laughs> release date and it's nice to know that that show is coming back soon. Hell yeah. yeah. That's fine. Um, cool. New York Comic Con. A Titans trailer came out and I did see a clip from it and I was like, <laughs> man, I'm glad I'm not watching that anymore. <laughs> uh, New York Comic Con happened this week, guys. It's time to get juicy, baby. Lots of good stuff. Let's talk about some comic books. All right, guys. You, can, you guys can go away. This is about me now. All right. All right, Ryan. Okay, you got bye. the list in front of you? No. Okay. The list is your shirt? No. Oh, you're disappearing. I was just going to Rogue and Gambit was announced as a limited series from Stephanie Phillips and Carlos Gomez. There's no information on it? No, so I couldn't find. They they said information about the plot will be coming soon. They did not say what the plot was. Oh, I think yeah, because the stuff's happening next year. So I think it's just like, hey, here's the announcements and stuff. Yeah, yeah. there was actually three of those. So actually, why don't I just run through those real quickly? Yeah, because there's no other information other than they're coming and the teams. X twenty three Deadly Regenesis mm-hmm. will be written by Eric Schultz with art by Edgar Salazar. This is a five issue miniseries, and then Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain. Betsy Braddock, colon, Captain Britain, will be written by Teeny Howard and vo- with art by Bosco Georgiev, and that's an ongoing. Yes. Uh, makes sense. People are really worried. Teeny Howard has been the the magical otherworld queen for the X-Men for the last couple of years. Yeah. So people are scared that, like, oh, man, she's done so much work with Betsy Braddock. I really hope that, like, she's not done mm-hmm. uh, after Knights of X was canceled. And she's not. She's getting her own, another ongoing, which is great, because... Uh, 
you don't you don't want to cancel books led by women if they're selling well and they're good because it's just a bad precedent and she has never been more popular and and uh uh and like present as captain britain than right now so like the fact that they're not shying away from it and they're staying with it especially to the haters who don't like her as captain britain it makes me really happy i'm thrilled super thrilled x23 is that a sorry Beck, go ahead no, I was just gonna say I kept buying Excalibur because of uh, Bessie Braddock. I love her. I love her a lot, and I really enjoy her. And I got, I have a big ass stack behind me, and another bigger stack in my room. But I'm glad she's getting an ongoing. So yay! Uh, the X23 one was interesting because could indicate being a prequels, a prequel comic. It is a prequel. It is a prequel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. The the. The the implications seem to be that they're going to re readjust her origin, so it's not as uh, it's not as uh, scientifically gross. And they're going to try to. I think what I what I think they're going to do, especially because they're using the term "deadly genesis." Deadly genesis is an X Men phrase that's been used over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to try to tie her. It's it's either going to make her more tied to Wolverine or less tied to Wolverine because th- she's already really tied to him as like she's like his biological biological daughter through cloning. So they can either go she's further still, than that. She's still currently Wolverine. She is Wolverine, yes. So that's yeah. why that's why people are freaking out. Because like if she's Wolverine, are you gonna turn her back into X23, like her slave name basically? Like she nobody she shouldn't be X23. That's that's the thing. So people are it is a prequel. Um why it's a prequel, no one really knows, but it, if it's about her origin, making it a little a little more modern, then good. Mm-hmm. Or a little more adaptable to an MCU. That's the real answer. Or a little more of that. That's, we'll talk, that's the news later, 100%. Yeah. Bloodline Daughter of Blade. It's finally here. The uh, five issue limited series will be written by Danny Lore. Who wrote that? By, if you like. uh, with art by Karen S. Darbo, which will focus on a, on a young Braille Brooks as she tries to adjust to life at school while also developing vampire powers and learning the truth about the identity of her father, the Daywalker, known as Blade. Yeah, that's cool. This is this uh, is almost 10 years in the making. Tim Seeley did an announcement saying, who's the daughter of Blade? And then we never found out. Because um, that book got canceled. So, like, this, this again, talking about the MCU, rumors about what that Blade movie's about. Mm-hmm. Um, this makes sense. Totally makes sense. It's, this should have happened a long time ago. I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm glad Blade is back in the MCU. Like he's part of the Avengers. He has been for years. It's really cool. I really liked um, the premise when that, when we, the announcement when we were first, I was really excited for the announcement when Tim Seeley first put that out there years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy to finally see this concept come to fruition. Cause I've never forgotten it. And I've always wanted them to, to, to do, to do it honestly, mm-hmm. just to pull the trigger on it. Yeah. Well, we'll probably all talk about Danny Lore in the near future because we'll definitely be doing that Shattered Glass. Yeah. Um, really like that Transformers story. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's Silver, exciting. Uh, sorry. Not that one yet. Bishop War College will be written by Jay Holtham, who was the uh, who was a writer on Cloak and Dagger and Jessica Jones, the TV shows. Cool. With, art by, with art by Sean Damian Hill. Again, a five-issue miniseries. Um, I'm going to read exactly what it wrote because I can't say it better. And it's short. Armor, Surge, Cam Long, Aura Charles, Amass. These are his students. Their course objective, get strong, defend the island, keep mutant kind safe, 
the first lesson, how to fail. And they'll do it in spectacular Marvel fashion. So ben, did you, see, did you see the cover by any chance? Okay, the co this cover is interesting because it's, you know, you know Bishop from the X-Men? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know Bishop. He's a black gentleman. Oh, yeah, uh, I love Bishop. It, it features the entire X-Men, but they're all black. Ooh. So that's why the internet is currently going, what is the story about? Um, people are, people... People are, are worried that it's just going to be, we're going to write an X-Men story, but they're all black. Like that Miles Morales story that just came out. Mm -hmm. um, that was written by a white guy, uh, and that's shitty. This is written by a black person. Uh, it's also, now we know, it is a it is a callback to a flashback story where Bishop, as a child, envisioned what the X-Men would be when he grew up, and, uh, as, as people as him. So it is going mm -hmm. to be a, a, it's going to be a weird flashback, but like real life, like future story about the X-Men are black. Uh, and that's, that's fantastic. Right? I, I know it's it's an interesting premise. It's like this is his idealized because he grew up in the future without the X Men, so right. he this is his version of the X Men. So it's I don't know if it's a real like a, a quote unquote like canon story or if it's just a fun Elseworld story. Uh, we don't really know, but I think the this idea is really cool. Uh, and having a black creative team just gives me uh, uh, makes me believe in the project more than something like that Miles Morales project. Yeah, all that cloak and dagger. That's a good show. It's lit. Yeah, that show, and it's heavy. It's a heavy show. So, like, this one's gonna be. So it's Jessica Jones. Winners, baby. Um, yeah. Uh, we it seems it seems due to the announcement, this is canon to the Krakoan era. Yeah. Uh, so it's not an else worlds, but yeah, interesting. It would it's it would be interesting how it how it is canon is what I mean because how how do you have a black cyclops that we didn't know about before? Well, I think that's what you're. I think it's what you're saying that we could be flashing back to when he was a kid, envisioning what the X Men were in those adventures, while also having how that flashback is influencing mm -hmm. his present training these new generation of X Men. Whose failure is the important failure in this story? Yeah, interesting. Silver Surfer Ghost Light. Woo! Written by John Jennings with art by Valentine Delandro, who was the artist on Bitch Planet. Another five issue limited series. Uh, this is what the quick synopsis says Tony Brooks and her family have moved into the quiet town of Sweetwater, but nothing is quite what it seems with their new home. What mystery did Tony and her family unravel that would call upon the Sentinel of the Spaceways, the Silver Surfer? And just who or what is Ghostlight? Yeah, so Ghostlight looks to be a new, cool, Silver Surfer-esque character. Um, some new cosmic being. Um, and I'm, I'm like, I, I love the Silver Surfer. Uh, expanding the cosmic the cosmic world. I'm about it. Boo! It's a There's boo. your Ghostlight right there. Oh, boy. I oh, oh, you're good! <laughs> <laughs> audio, audio listeners, I have a boo light from Super Mario, and it's also a light. So, I mean, you can't really see on the video, but it does light up. That's cute. All right, I'll have it. I warned you. What do you mean uh, you, I, you didn't I, do anything? You, you pointed the thing, and I was like, "Don't do it." Oh, I, I'm doing it all right. You, you say Ghostlight. I got Ghostlight right here. See, this is why you need to be the audio listeners. You need the visual component. Because like we're yeah. we're Moon Knight, Moon Knight, um, Black and White, Werewolf by Night. Right now, we got Goose and Goblins. We got everything. Linked link in linked in the description, audio listeners. If you want to just pop in and watch the video, pop it. Marvel voices Wakanda forever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The next mm -hmm. Marvel Voices will be out in February, just in time for Black History Month. Uh, and it will be celebrating and expanding the world of Wakanda. Creative teams to be announced soon. There are there have been a lot of Black Panther Black Panther Wakanda books coming out the last couple of years. So like more more is, is always okay. It's always great. Yeah. 
And then we got a lot of news on Sins of Sinister. We are uh, the oh, the man. next the next X Men event, Sins of Sinister, will begin with a giant sized one shot, written by Karen Gillan with art by Lucas Wernick. He's Lucas Wernick is. He draws like Pepe Larraz might be like the best like artist, but Lucas Wernick draws the sexiest comic book characters put to the page. That dude draws the hottest people. It's insane. Um, this will start with the one with start with the one shot and then interweave through three different tie-in titles. Immortal X Men, X Men Red, and Legion of X will be replaced for three months for three issues, I should say more accurately, um, with Immoral X Men. Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants and Nightcrawlers replace it, it one to one. Oh, Karen Gillen, wait, was it immoral or immortal? No, the yeah. book is immortal. It's becoming immoral. Yeah. For uh, Sinister. Yeah. Oh, I see it now. I see it now. I was looking at the wrong thing. That's cool. I like that. Um, uh, Kieran Gillen, Al Ewing, and Cy Sparrier will remain on these books. Uh, so they are taking over the Sins of Sinister tie in that they would normally have written. Uh, and we'll be joined by uh, Paco Medina, Patch Zercher, and Alessandro Viti, who will each draw one issue of each book. Um, man, um, right now, I'm behind, but my com- the comics are coming next week to catch me up. But right now, Judgment Day, the, the, the Axe, Avengers, X-Men, and Eternals event, uh, is like the best event like they're saying, it's like the, it's almost it's better than Secret Wars, and I can't believe you because Secret Wars is the best event Marvel's ever put out. Mm-hmm. But the hype on this comic is so insane mm-hmm. that they're like, Karen, just you can do the next one too. Don't worry about it. Karen Gillan has written like, like okay, real quick. Uh, the axe ties at tie-ins. Like most, you know, when you have like a big a big comic book event, you have a bunch of different tie-ins. A bunch of different people write them. Karen Gillan has written like thirty comics himself for this event. He is. This is like his event, and that's why it's so good because he has such a full grasp of it. Instead of handing it off to thirty other people, to you have to communicate with so many people. Having Al Ewing and Kieran Gillen on an event—that's another banger. Like I, I'm, I'm feasting, guys. I can't. And Sinister, when you guys eventually catch up, you're years behind. But when you do catch up, man, Sinister is doing wacky shit. I'm so excited. Uh, tackling real quickly the the plot we got we got we now know kind of a synopsis of what this event is. Uh, tackling three separate I don't know what I'm doing tackling three <laughs> separate time periods each superstar artist will draw an issue of all three titles as consecutive issues propel the Marvel Universe further and further into a dark future dramatically escalating the stakes with each startling time jump 10 years 100 years 1000 years Hot the box. powers yeah the powers of Essex will seek to stretch beyond the limits of time and space. Yes, uh, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but you guys are so behind. I don't mind saying this again. Sinister has Moira dead body clones, so he is able to reset the timeline to fix his reality the way he sees fit. So he is reconstructing reality to make him the ultimate man, and all it's about to be an age of apocalypse for Mr. Sinister. Uh, and I'm just, uh, God, it's so good. Karen Gillan is the master. Thrilled. This is what, this is what excited me. Um, this is all exciting. But this is what I was really happy to hear. Um, all three writers will continue their current story plans after the X Universe Shadowing finale one shot, Sins of Sinister Dominion number one. So after these three issues, they will re- be renamed back to the titles they were, and the writers will just continue on. And I'm very happy with that because all too often Al Ewing specifically gets screwed by events because he'll write a book that'll get they'll have to have an event tie in, and then that book is canceled. I will say though. 
Al Ewing's probably the best person at making a really good comic out of a tie-in comic that he's didn't like. He he's able to to make every tie-in issue work, and then they get canceled because no one's buying it. Uh, but man, that Al Ewing guy, that Kieran Gillen, they're the best. Yeah. And then upcoming events, they posted a thing. It was like, here's what's coming next. It's the all Kevin events. Feige influences here. Yeah. yeah. It's all. It's all. It's all events that we've that we, we've seen before. Some happening. Um, some going to mm-hmm. happen soon. Um, except for the last two, which were Summer of Symbiotes and Fall of X. Uh, so it, it's, uh, spoiler alert, the Fall of X is not the Fall of the X-Men. They've already said this. It's not the actual end of Crocone era, but it is a, they've been winning for so long, what happens when they finally lose is, is, the, is the slogan. Um, so like, uh, uh, they've obviously, it's a comic book, they have enemies, but like they have not really had a downfall yet because every event that they've had, they've won. Right. So we are going to see the first, like, uh, the, they still say, what happens when all the villains just, like, are full of it? And they're like, we don't want to deal with this anymore. It sucks. And they just team up. Uh, so I'm, again, you know, I'm, I got the X-Men tattoo. I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, it's, it's, I'm happy they're finally doing Fox. The Fox era. The Fox era is back, baby. DC. Oh, real quick. They also said that Groot's dying. So get ready for that. Oh yeah, they teased the. So I didn't put this one in there, but since you brought it up, the Guardians of the Galaxy teased. They didn't say anything about it. There was no announcement or anything. It was just a tease that the they got to put the family up together again, and supposedly Groot might be dying after after what happens after somebody is and it's it's like a broken thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's hey man, every once in a while someone's got to die, I guess. Yeah, even though he's a tree. right now it's Doctor Strange. Next is Groot. Oh, he's been no, no, he's 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 already back. Yeah, I. Um, hmm. Cool. But he was the last one to be killed. He was the last one to be killed. Yeah. <gasps> Hi, Gail. Thank you for stopping by. Oh, if you want to pull that up, uh, Ben. We're a live show. Yeah, I dig it. In Alabama. Good Lord. I got family in Alabama. Hi, Gail. Uh, okay. Alabama. Hey, we we got uh, we got the, uh, the, the 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 what's it called the the rewind. Mm-hmm. We got an hour. Yes. We weren't to watch later, Gail. Don't worry. We're uh, we're always here. So DC Comics. Ditch ya. All right. Uh, DC Universe Infinite Ultra. Uh, ben. Yeah. Are you with me or did I lose them? Uh, no, we're here. No, are they here? We're here. Okay, there you go. Okay, they're back. Yeah, we're back. Uh, we lost you there for a second. DC Universe Infinite Ultra will be a new tier launching October 10th, so tomorrow. Um, it's going to be a higher tier than what DC Universe Infinite offers already. This will have comics added to the app one month after the publish. Oh, after shit. The published. Oh, shit. And you'll have access to over 5,000 exclusive titles from Vertigo and DC Black Label. Um, that will be extra to what DC Universe Infinite, the catalog, is there. Man. Shit. One month, huh? Yeah. I'm not going. I'm never buying a DC comic ever again. <laughs> for no, for real. Marvel, Marvel Limited, it's three months, and even then, that's where I've cut my pull list in half uh, for yeah. books that I don't mind waiting on. Right. Um, I don't have the DC uh, uh, service, DC Universe, because they don't have as many comics, and it's a and it's a longer wait for older comics or for newer comics. Oh, it's three months um, also. It's three months also. Oh, they changed it. Th- okay, that's right. They changed three months. That's good. Um, one month is very spicy. Um, depend- that's got to be expensive. Oof. I only saw the year price, which was $99. That's not that expensive to get comics the next month. Arts. 
That's a good model. That's a real. That's a really good model, especially for people who like who can't get to a comic shop or or we're still in a pandemic. Um, that's really good for people who are running out of space. Or yeah, like I don't yeah. need to buy more comics, but I'm going to. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm just here to read this. I want to read a good story, so like that's why I love Marvel Unlimited. So like, yeah. if it's if it's cheap enough, I don't like doing yearly plans just because I don't like spending that much money at once at a time. So like, if it's Marvel Unlimited's ten bucks, if this is fifteen bucks a month, I will buy it hundred percent. Yeah. To read the next month's comic? Are you kidding me? I will never have. That's incredible news, man. Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy that they announced this. Also, uh, this is not just DC Universe Infinite Ultra. This is both tiers, um, uh, the three month and the one month tier. Graphic novels and select Mad Magazine issues will be starting to roll out onto the service as well. So you won't just have to read the issues. Now you can just pick. Now you can find a graphic novel on the service. That's really great. That is good. Really good. That's awesome. Um, I I don't read as many DC comics as I want to, uh, so this this will legitimately give me a really no excuse not to keep up. Um, that that's oh, man, that's really exciting. I love that news. All right, now some comic book announcements. Uh, Multiversity, Harley screws up the DCU. It's going to be a six issue miniseries uh, with art by Frank Thierry and art. Sorry, written by Frank Thierry with art by Logan. Uh, Faber. Mm, that's good. That's a good. That's a, that's an alright creative team. Okay. Um. See, we'll see Harley inherit a time machine on Coney Island, but when she gets back to the present, Starro rules uh, the entire world, and all of these heroes don't exist. This is you said multiversity. Yeah. Are they bringing that back? No, so they've already done it. Um, they did the team just multiversity team justice, which was. Uh, right. I, I believe it wasn't a tie to Dark Crisis, but it kind of came out around Dark Crisis uh, for oh, it came out during Pride Month. But they brought back a kind of a multiversity label to uh, have multiverse comic books, and I think that this is another one. I think this is kind of the the, the proof in the pudding that they're going to start using this. I mean, if there's another way of doing an Elseworld story, that's that's totally fine. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of sounds fun. She has to go back in time and fix. Uh, fix the the timeline. Uh, ben, don't mm -hmm. pull it up. But Gail, real quickly, we'll be talking about Werewolf by Night a little later in the evening. So stay yeah, that's tuned. our main yeah. topic. That's our that's our main course. So uh, good news, you haven't missed it yet. Mm -hmm. Action Comics. Oh baby, we're all gonna pick Action Comics up. Uh, number one thousand and fifty one will be uh, a new launching point. The series will now transition into a super family book. Uh, which will have three stories in every issue um, by a rotating creative team, uh, beginning with Philip Kennedy Johnson, who has been writing it since, who's been writing it before, Dan Jurgens and Leah Williams, uh, Rafa Sandoval as well. Oh, this is horribly written. I'm so sorry. Lee Weeks and Margaret Sav Savage. Those are the last <laughs> names on that. Uh, those are the last three are artists. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, yeah uh, great, great stuff. I'm, um, I, I, love, I love comics. I'll read all this stuff. Uh, Power Girl will also be making a return in the Leia Williams issue. Yeah, I'm. Uh, story. Um, I now need to catch up because now that it's coming uh, not to an end, but like the arc's coming to an end. Like the Philip Kennedy Johnson like War World, it's been one entire saga that that he's been running for for a long time now, and people are saying it's incredible. Like seriously, like the like some of the best modern Superman like that we've had since like you know Rebirth and New Fifty Two, and I'm like. I'm glad he's still on the book because people really like him and DC seems to really like him. Um, so like, and just who? But, listen, <laughs> oh. I, I'm a super family guy and I, I, 
I lo- I love Bendis for taking a swing with John. I love that John is a Superman. Uh, 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 Tom Taylor writes a better John Kent. Uh, I, I just, I'm sorry, I still get flashbacks about how hyped we were when Bendis made the jump from Marvel to DC and he was writing Superman. We were all hyped. I was, no, he's otherwise. Yeah, I was buying detect enough detective. I was buying action action comics. I was buying all the Superman Bendis books on the regular back for a while, and then they just kept falling to the bottom of my pile, and I just stopped buying them because I mean they were oh fine, they were good, they just weren't great. I also need to catch up because like I saw a picture, and there's like ten people in this super family, and I don't recognize a couple of them. So there's like this new, is... there's new kids. I'm like, who so are there's... kids? So there's three characters that are new, and we will be introduced to in the coming months. Um, but otherwise, it's the same super family we've known. Connor is getting a big push in this next, and the uh, the, the Chinese um, Superman as well. Yeah, I was really happy to see him yeah. in, in in this because he hasn't had a book since the since the new Superman uh, ages ago, and it's really cool that that character just stayed around. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looks like the super family is going to get a very big push to try and kind of get it back to some sort of prominence in the, in the DC universe publishing line in the DC publishing line, which I'm happy about. Oh yeah. Um, Adventures of Superman colon John Kent will be replacing Superman, son of kal which will be ending at issue 18. I did hear somewhere. Someone said this was a mini series, but that's not on the official site. So I'm going to say it's an ongoing for now until otherwise stated. Yeah. yeah. Tom Taylor will continue to write John Kent with Clayton Henry on art. It's going to be a six. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's ongoing. It's making serious. Who knows? John Kent, however, this this story will be about John Kent going after revenge on Ultraman for what for Ultraman kidnapped him, and that's how he aged up in the Bendis run. Uh, so now John Kent's going to go to Earth three, take his revenge on Ultraman with Val Zod, Earth two Superman. I did see that as well. Uh, interesting that like they're they're going to hang out. Uh, I'm all about it. Um, yeah, man, like I'm. It's it's been a while since I read a Superman comic. I'm even behind on the Tom Taylor uh, Son of Kal El. Honestly, I'm behind on all my DC books except this Batman. Um, so like um, uh, it's a nice jumping on point again. I'm really excited. I I am thrilled that we're getting not just a super family book, but like a super family book that has three super family stories in it every every month. I'm really excited. Uh, Valzad though is is pretty pretty cool. I like him. Yeah. Was that no, I was. Same thing. I was actually going to say uh, one of my favorite parts about the Earth 2 New 52 run was Power Girl and Valzad. I love them. And now that Valzad's still around and still a character of the DCU, I'm like, yay! So um, every now and then, the, every now and then that Earth 2 specifically gets put into the background of some sort of group shot of like multiverse characters, and I'm always kind of like, oh, that's I'm glad you guys are still kicking. We didn't yeah. forget! Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Hold up, real quick from yeah. Gail. Gail says, "Bless you, Ryan. You love your comic art." Hey man, someone's got it. I got, I got, someone's got it. So the Super Family books don't end there. Superman. There will be a new Superman title, self-titled Superman title, launching uh, with Joshua Williamson at the helm this time. Uh, leading, out, he's done with Dark Crisis. Now he's going to do Superman with Jamal Campbell on art. I hope he stays on longer than he did Batman. I'll be honest. Like, uh, absolutely no offense to Joshua, but he's great. Uh, I am definitely more excited for the other books. But Jamal Campbell is an insane artist. Um, he did he did uh, 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 Green Far Sector, Green Sector, the Green Lantern book, Far Sector. That book is incredible. It looks so good. Uh, so like the art's gonna be here. So I hope I hope it's uh, uh, I hope it's also good. I'm definitely picking up the Family book first. 
Yeah, I, I, I really like Joshua Williamson. I've wanted him to stay on a book longer than a couple of issues for a while now. He's been he's kind of been like the guiding force of the D of the current like story arc of the DC universe. And that's like cool and whatever, but like I want him to I want him to do a run like he did yeah, with yeah. Flash. I want him to do something really cool. Um Yeah. Lois and Clark two, Doom Rising. This will be a sequel to Dan Jurgens, Lois and Clark. Uh, I think it was a twelve issue miniseries. Oh yeah. Dan Jurgens will return to write with Lee Weeks on art. Oh, Lee Weeks. He, and it's going to tell the story. It's going to tell the story of a young John Kent on the farm learning about his abilities, coming of age, and battling the Doom Breaker. I don't know about the Doom Breaker, but I'm all about young John Kent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm actually really happy at this New York Comic Con with all this DC comic news because it's mostly about Superman and not a billion and a half Batman books being announced. That was a really nice change. It the only was. That, that, that like. Hey, we're gonna really push Superman going forward. And I'm like, cool. You should. I, I, I will always die on the hill that I, I mean, I'll die on the hill that saying that Superman is a good character and is definitely a great person to look up to in the comic book world. Because you know, people constantly talk about, oh, we need to look up to Batman because Batman's just a normal human being. I'm like, yeah, but what about Superman? Oh, Superman's too OP. Superman's too this. Superman's too blah blah blah. And I'll stop tangenting, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Hey, you listen to this podcast. You like Superman. And if you don't, you gotta get up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. Uh I'm I'm really happy. I really like that Lois and Clark Dan Jurgens book. I thought that was really good. Um, that was right after Convergence when uh uh when they brought back Lo- uh the the like the uh original universe Superman and Lois with John. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really like that book. I'm mm-hmm. happy to see this story kind of come back much like i would be if like patrick gleason came back to write super sons again sparks you haven't read a superman book in a while does any of this excite you uh in in the sense of it existing yes mm-hmm. uh in the sense of will i pick it up it's superman though yeah i just you know i don't have a lot of money then. no i get it throwing comics no, I get it's pretty it. much become like i'm still buying x-men comics and it's probably not going to be more than that for a while yeah but like get rid of x-men you love superman I do love Superman. But I'm not I mean, I'm not I'm not caught up. No, I'm yeah. just not in it. Well, you don't need to catch up with a number one, baby. Uh yeah. I mean we could probably catch up on some trades when this is uh just a few months in. Or D- DC Universe Infinite Ultra. Ultimate Extra baby. online. Alright. Uh this is a short story, but I thought it was kind of cool. Static Beyond. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's going to be a upcoming um milestone 30th anniversary short story which will see an adult static shock a team up with terry mcginnis um written and drawn by nicholas drapper ivy who is uh one of the is doing static he's on static the current static shock book so this is like a short like a like a like a short novel novella like no it's a short it's a short comic oh okay 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 the short story implies like words only yeah, so they'll so they'll put out a next year for Milestone's thirtieth thirtieth anniversary. They'll put out like a one shot or a collection or something that will have this story in it. That's very cool. That's a it's a, a fun neat idea. Yeah, I really liked the 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 one episode of Static Beyond and two episodes of Justice League Unlimited, where an older Static teamed up with a Batman with Batman Beyond. <sighs> That's right. I remember that. Man. I thought those were cool. I'm excited for yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for some reason. I was like, this seems like a cool idea that like they haven't done before. No, I, I've definitely seen that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, that's awesome. That Static Shock episode was very good. 
Phil Lamar is he, is he involved in that? Phil show? Lamar, Phil Lamar, Static Shock. Too many, too many roles, Phil. Come on. And John Stewart. Yes, that's true. Um, Lazarus Planet. Spinning out of Batman versus Robin, which itself spun out of World's Finest. Huh. Uh, Mark Wade will be starting Lazarus Planet. So, and Batman versus Robin number four, a huge volcano filled with the Lazarus pit, not lava, explodes, oh, and the Lazarus particles cover the earth. I need to read this comic. Uh, I thought that sounded pretty cool as well. Um, uh, Mark Wade will serve as showrunner for the event, so unclear if he's writing any of it. Um, but he's going to be cor- corralling uh, Ricardo Federici, Jean Wen Yang, mm-hmm. Billy Tan, Skylar yeah. Patridge, Francis Manipole, Dan Waters, Philip Kennedy Johnson, and Jose Campbell and Nicole Maines. Nicole Maines, there you go, Jamer. Um, Batman. So it's going to see see some new ver- so like heroes are going to like because Lazarus chemicals. Heroes, certain heroes are going to evolve. Here's some of the ones that we know. Batman is going to become Doctor Fate. Uh, John Kent will gain uh, Superman's blue electricity power from the nineties. The, the promo images for these were like like I like a like I like a fan a fan's wet dream. Yeah. It, it, they were pretty sick, pretty sick images. Um, and uh, uh, Martian Manhunter will be joined with a nest, mentally joined with a nest of doomsdays uh, that um, he controls. Uh, that will like kind of like make him go berserk. Yeah, uh, seeing John Ken is like Blue Superman, and then Batman with a Doctor Fate helmet. I'm like, it looks dumb. I'm into it. <laughs> I'm always I, into like silly stuff like that. I really like this idea. It sounds like. Yeah. A really cool event that I surprise hasn't happened yet. Yeah, uh, just a volcano of of Lazarus juices. It's so that's the, I love comic books, man. It's so <laughs> dumb. Uh, so it will, it will compi- comprise entirely of one shots that will come out every week. One, uh, so starting with Lazarus Planet Alpha, then Lazarus Planet Assault on Krypton, Ooh. Lazarus Planet We Once Were Gods, Legends Reborn, Next Evolution, Dark Fate, and Omega. Dark Fade. All right, John Connor. And that's that. Cool. Um, so I love... It, they're, they've been doing it more and more recently, and I wish they do this more often, like micro-events. They're not an event like a, like an Axe Judgment Day that takes up the entire universe. It's like Last Annihilation, like the, the cosmic event. There were one-shots, and there was a couple other one-shots, and that's the event. It is not taking up any space. Like, this is its own separate universe while still being a big event. Like, I love... I just love when comics do that. It's fine. Last Annihilation was really good. Yeah, man, Cable's cool. He's a cool guy. Um, okay, I'm going to do my best to quickly get through some of the Star Trek news for you guys. Um, I thought this one was very exciting. Uh, a new Star Trek comic. IDW is is very confident in what their plans are for Star for their Star Trek line. Makes me very excited. Um, uh, a, so a new a new title, ongoing title, was announced during um, Comic Con. Star Trek Defiant. Written by Christopher Cantwell, with art by Angel Unzueta. Which, Ryan, you told me that Christopher Cantwell is a Star Trek fan, which I didn't know beforehand. Huge Star Trek fan. Yeah, he, he says on Twitter, like, yeah, if I my, my dreams write a Star Trek comment. Which means, he said that recently, which means he's been ha- he's just been, like, teasing that he's going to do this, probably. Yeah. Which, is, which is really cute. Uh, yeah, that dude, um, I've talked about before, that dude, like, is, like, the best writer about, like, big ego characters or big characters with, like, big, uh, uh, big brains. And the characters that he's writing in this comic, which I saw, it, that makes sense. 
So it's going to see Worf recruit Spock, Rolaren, Belana Torres, and Lore, Data's brother, Data's evil twin brother, yeah. um, to try and stop a genocidal messiah who is rampaging across the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, sounds cool. I'm, I'm I probably won't read this, but like, but Chris Cantwell uh, is one of the comics' greatest creators right now. So uh, the fact that he and this is an ongoing, you said it's ongoing. So well, so Benjamin Cisco, which we announced a little a little while ago, Benjamin Cisco has a new book. Um, he's coming back from the wormholes, and he's going to find out who's killing all the gods in the in the galaxy. He's going off. That's causing a lot of collateral damage. So Worf gets in command of the Defiant, and that and he's going to and he's going to do like the smaller missions. Cool. Um. I'm very excited for this. I really they got some really good talent on the Star Trek books. On these two Star Trek books, I really like the character choices. I'm surprised at the just kind of um desire to make them canon. Uh like they really want these to they 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 spe- they pick the specific moment in, t- in the Star Trek timeline where they could be canon. Uh and they're going to play with the future and the past of what's even going on now. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm stoked. Hell yeah. And I haven't been this excited for a Star Trek comic since the Kelvin timeline. Hell yeah. And what's nice about uh, like comic books is like unlimited budget. You can make that thing as big, as bombastic, as fun, as trippy as you want. Um, yeah. And like, again, like I, I, I won't read this, but like lore, lore being a character in this book is incredibly cool. Yeah. That is a character who, like, I love that character from, from next gen. That is such a fun, fun character. And like, I, I would read, I mean, eventually I will, but like I, that, that is a comic I would read, like evil lore, hanging out with other people trying to save the universe. That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, cool. Star Trek Discovery released a trailer, uh, just 50 seconds. Um, it looks smaller scale, which I'm, it doesn't look smaller scale. It looks huge. Star Trek Discovery always goes huge, always go over dramatic. It's, I've, I've, I've come to terms with what the, what the show Star Trek Discovery is, but it seems to suggest that the stakes aren't universe ending or galaxy ending or whatever. They're a treasure hunt, uh, like a timed treasure hunt. And I'm so on board if that is the case, because I'm really sick of discovery trying to solve a galaxy end galaxy ender problem every season. Has there been a blue ble- blue beam in the sky in one of these episodes yet? Yes. Oh, I was joking. <laughs> yeah. I remember the episode specifically. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess you can't escape modern tropes. Um, Technically, warp travel is just a blue beam in space. Don't do that. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the the kind of the, the news that also excited me for about Star Trek Discovery was that Callum Keith Rennie, uh, who was the doctor in Jessica Jones and the the old man from Umbrella Academy season three, Sparks remembers him. Um, he is going to play Captain Rayner, a wartime captain who struggles during peacetime. There's a bit more that they told us about him, but I, uh, I like him. I'm excited to see him on the show. What is this season? Season four, season five, season five. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. Disco. Star Trek prodigy also released a trailer, a really good trailer. Star Trek prodigy looks really good when it's coming back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, uh, there's a lot of really awesome, uh, footage of hologram Janeway meeting real Janeway and like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm surprised with how good that show looks because I like the fir- I like the first half of the season, but the, that second half got me got me got me excited. Mm-hmm. Ronnie Cox is returning to voice Admiral Edward Jellico. Star Trek fans will remember him, no doubt. From he's the annoying captain who took over the Enterprise. 
uh, he didn't take over the Enterprise. He was put in command of the Enterprise when Picard was being tortured by the Cardassian. Um, he and he, nobody likes him, so it's kind of funny that he's coming back for this. For this, not the show. Kardashians. Oh, okay. No, I saw you. No, yeah, it's they're similar but different. I think we made this joke before. Cardassian. The Cardassians. Uh, actually, by the by, the actor who died, who was also a Klingon and a human in the in the Star Trek TOS movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that show. It looks awesome. Starship Picard season three also released a trailer. New York Comic Con was way better than. Star Trek Day. That's a bummer. <laughs> I just want to point that out there. Star Trek Day sucked. This was this was fantastic. This is a good this is a good time to be a Star Trek fan, guys. Yeah, good, good, good. Um, even if all the shows aren't hidden, at least they're there and they're 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 good. All right, Star Trek Picard, the season three trailer. Just there's a lot of really cool stuff in the season three trailer. We uh, we learned that James Moriarty's the hologram of James Moriarty is somehow returning. Um, we learned that Brent Spiner is coming back as Lore, uh, playing a, a the third character he's played in in the in the series so far. Yes, Ben. James Moriarty, he's the dude with the top hat and the old timey gun, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, all right. Because I was curious because I I actually saw the trailer just purely by accident. I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna watch this through, and I was like, ooh, Brian's really excited. And then I see I- him, I'm like, what? Who's this guy? What, what's this all about? I had no clue what that was. A Santhian hologram. I really like. I, I really like this trailer. It's it feels very adventurous. It feels very much like we're when Terry Metalis was was put in charge of the show in the very in season three. He said the reason why they're coming back is because they never got there. The undiscovered country. Star Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country is a brilliant movie and a and a faithful farewell to the original series cast the the kirk and crew uh cast members because they were moving to the next gen movies the next gen cast never had that because nemesis wasn't supposed to be that and it's not even that good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and nemesis had to kind of be rejiggered to be that um so and so Metalla said, I want to give them that. So that's what season 10 is. It is there, the undiscovered country. And I, nowhere did I believe that he nailed that, that nailed that feeling more than in this trailer. Cause I truly thought this trailer really like it promises a great show. And I have faith in Metalis. I've heard nothing but great things about 12 monkeys, even though I haven't seen the show myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, we got a lot more, actually a lot more like Titan a action, man, that Titan a, is beautiful. I've fallen in love with this ship. We get a blink and you miss it shot of the Enterprise F, which is being t- which is bring being brought into canon from the Star Trek Online game. I played that. I just think that's really cool. And then the, the villain is played by Amanda Plummer. Going back to the Undiscovered Country parallel, Christopher Plummer was the villain in the Undiscovered Country, and is amazing. And it looks like Amanda Plummer is playing just as charismatic of a villain for the next generation uh, crew. It is perfect synergy. It is a stroke of genius. I am. I am so excited. Oh yeah. It feels in many ways, like they just should have made this season the whole time. And I don't know what they were doing with the first two seasons of Picard, since they apparently don't give a shit about anything they did in those first two seasons with this season. Do you think maybe they worried about leaning too hard into nostalgia and stuff, which which is they are doing more of that in these seasons than season one, like more, more characters and like 
repurposing stuff from the old show. Do you think that that didn't work out? So like, no, we got to do that. And it ended up working out. So Starship Picard has a really troubled production, but nobody quite knows why, because no, no one's come out and said, here's why. But Michael Chabon was the showrunner for the first season. And he and Patrick Stewart and Alex Kurtzman and the Cuba Goldsman crafted a story about that was more cerebral and not and like really like if you haven't seen next generation if you don't even like next generation picard is the show for you and so it was just kind of like they wanted to do something and it didn't really work because there were too many cooks in the kitchen michael chabon signed a contract to develop more shows for, for paramount plus more star trek shows for Paramount plus none of them have happened mm-hmm. but he had to leave leave a showrunner akiva goldsman came on board and then halfway through production, Terry Metalis came on board because Akiva Goldsman was working on strange new worlds and he couldn't divide his time. Mm-hmm. So that season ended up being really wild and good and had really great episode, really great written episodes. And then just a really shitty middle that really dragged down the season because halfway through the current showrunner just didn't know what the hell was going on. Oh, and now season three is just Terry Metalis. From the very beginning, Terry Metalis was just the season three showrunner. And it feels very much like they were like, that just sucked. But that just didn't work at all. Let's do what we have always, what we always should have done. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad. Which is just the next generation two. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm, Man, I'm, glad, I'm glad you get it at all. Yeah, me too. Me too. I it's it's, it's it does honestly, feel it does feel a little like. So what was the point of seasons one and two? <laughs> I will say season two brought brings back Q in a great way, and I was happy to have it. Sure. Um, but you could have done it in this season too. All right. Um. So so real quick, the Amanda Plummer will play Vatic, the captain of the Shrike. Um, Micah Burton and Ashley Sharp Chestnut have been revealed to be playing two of Jordi LaForge's three daughters. I know Mika Burton. She's a big old nerd lady. Mika Burton is also LeVar Burton's daughter. So yep. she is playing the the the, the real-life daughter of the actor is playing the daughter of the character. That's fun. And she's yeah. actually good, so that, that, that works out. That's nice. Yeah. Sorry, Idris Elba. It doesn't always work out. I'll get it on until I die. Idris Elba had um, his daughter audition for Beast, and they didn't cast her because they didn't have chemistry. Oh, that's right. Daughter can't act, bro. Trailers. <gasps> uh, his Dark Materials. Season are they, are they still dark? Yeah, they're pretty dark. Are some materials? No materials. Oh, what? Oh, that's season yeah. four. Uh, so season three is going to adapt the third and final book of the His Dark Materials mm-hmm. franchise. It starts with the Golden Compass and then the Silver Knife, I think is the title. And then, I don't and then the Glass Onion. <laughs> the, yeah, I don't remember the night the the title for the for the third book. Um, Ashley Daphne Keen. I really like I really like his dark materials. I think it's a really great show. I think Daphne King is amazing in it. Um, I I like her just in general ever since uh, Logan. Um, lot of action in this. Lot of really awesome visuals. The polar bear comes back. A reveal about about a character that I was so happy to see. A um, lot more James McAvoy this season. It looks like the last season. Oh, he's he still was... in it. Yeah, he he cool. he's he's Daphne King's father. We think we're not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually Daniel Craig's character from the movie. If you guys remember I mean, the movie, I just assumed for some reason like he's like a big star. Like he would be gone after season one, but like he's that's awesome. He's still there. So in season one, he's only in three episodes. In season two, he's only in one episode, oh. and it looks like he's in a lot of episodes this this season. Cool. Um, 
it makes sense. His character is huge, is big in the third book. So he's not a lot. He's not in the first two books a lot. So I think that's why James McAvoy liked the role because he he could really take it easy until he had to be a big role. Yeah. All right, the Dragon Prince Mystery of Aravos. Ben, you watch this. Oh hell yeah, watch this. Looks really great. Dude, now that we actually had a real trailer, not to say that I didn't like the teaser trailer that we got last time or a month or so ago, this was a real trailer, and it, it does look great. I, I, two years have gone by since um, since that last big battle, and I love a time jump. We get to see where our characters are. Um, I'm excited. I cannot I'm, wait. I'm so happy to see these characters back. I really like this. Hi, Mag. Hi, Mag. Oh, hi, Mag. Mag oh. says, bellow like a minion. Bellow. Um, yeah, I really like The Dragon Prince. I was really pleasantly surprised by it when I, when I, when I finally sat down and watched the first three seasons. Um, I'm so glad you did. This looks really great. I love seeing all the characters that I love. They're deaf and... This was insulting. I'm so sorry. They're deaf and... Um, I just... I'm so... I'm so... I do this animated. a lot. No, you're fine. I'm so animated. Um, uh, and uh, the, the Dragon Queen... Mm-hmm. Um, Oh man, the dragon looks awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really yeah. excited. I'm, Question. I'm excited. Yeah. Has the animation gotten better since season one since I've never watched it? Um, or is it about the same, to be honest? You can tell me it's more, the same. It's gotten more fluid. More fluid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it definitely had a clunkiness in the beginning, but mm-hmm. as they got more money, uh, they were able to um, kind of smooth it out. Yeah. But it I is still the same, like, it is still the same animation style. So it's that kind of 3D color. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just remember but, not. Not loving it. Yeah. Yeah. I I cannot wait for November 3rd. I'm definitely going to probably binge this in one night. I have been waiting for more Dragon Prince. And now, and here it is. And I just cannot wait to see what happened to, oh, I need to rewatch the other seasons. because I forgot most of the characters' names except for uh, Rayla. Well, I don't blame you. It has been four years since yes. the first three, since the third season dropped. Are you, oh it's God. been four years? Yes. It's been four years since y'all we y'all last talked about a Dragon Prince thing. Yeah. Holy shit. Um. So yeah, exciting. That doesn't feel right. That doesn't that. feel right. Um. Crazy. If someone wants to check my work on that one, they're welcome too. I, I don't want to show. I just that's I believe it though. It's been a long time. It's been a very long time. Pandemic, yeah. Anne Rice's Mayfair Witches. The Anne Rice Cinematic Universe begins now. It is expanding. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Uh, I'm hearing great things about Interview the Vampire, and I love those trailers. I thought this trailer was fine. I like Alexander Dario fine. Um, it, this doesn't have the same visual flair that the Interview with the Vampire series seems to have. It's like it's, some parts do, and some parts don't. It, but it is also more modern, so like it's just it looks less like you know less old school. Um, I if I I probably won't watch this to be honest, unless I hear like really great things because I got to watch Interview first, and I'm still behind on that too. Um. But it's cool that they're really diving into Anne Rice. Like, that's really great. Uh, I really... I'm kind of with you. I really like the interview with the vampire trailers. Um, I like... As Sparks said, the visuals are there in a couple of places that I really like how they how they do it. Like, there's the dude that just, like, appears in front of the wall and it, like, starts to, like... He looks part, like part of the wall and then he just kind of appears. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's kind of like the 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 turning wallpaper. There's the guy turns uh, like holds the fence and the, like, this portal of the past opens. I thought all that looked really interesting, but it's kind of spread too spread out for me to really get that invested of it. It's been three years since the Dragon Prince, almost exactly to the date. Hot dog. 
That feels but, right, but still, it's been a long time. Pandemic. Uh, yeah. I'm just glad, yeah, again, I'm glad that, like, they didn't even wait for interview to come out and to be successful. Like, no, we're just going to continue to go forward, uh, which is cool. Anyone else want to say anything about Mayfair Witches or move on? All right, then Velma. Well, I really don't want to go first. I want to hear what the number one Scooby-Doo fan has to say. Ben? Oh, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Bringing it back. (laughs) This time was Scooby-Doo and not Stephen King. Good God. Uh, You own, like, I think you own more Scooby-Doo home media than I do, Ben. That's bullshit. You gave it to me. That's why. Yeah, exactly. You own more. (laughs) Oh, son of a bitch. I still have those DVDs, by the way. They're still in the lunchbox, by the way. Genuinely, genuinely, I really do want to hear what everyone else has to say before I talk about it. Um, I don't don't know, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I, I honestly, to God, I have no clue what what i really feel how i feel about this i'm like cool velma gets her own show there's not there's not a lot to say from the teaser there we'll we'll start there yeah Yeah. the the thing i am always someone who is i will always give something a chance i'm always cool with a fresh cool idea um this specific idea and the way it's being presented to me and everything i've heard from behind the scenes how like there's no scooby-doo which is fine i guess um it just looks like they're trying to they're trying to like adultify scooby-doo but they're not really they're, they're, they're keeping horror elements, but not Scooby-Doo elements. And I didn't feel like this was Scooby-Doo at all. Is what, well, is what I, I, I kind of looked at this. I don't understand because there's the reveal that Fred, Daphne, and Shaggy are in the are in the show. They reveal the voice cast when yeah. this trailer dropped. I don't understand what happened. Because if this was just... Because when this was announced, it's a Velma or, origin story. We're going to be taught... It's going to be about Velma. Cool. It's But it seems like it's actually a... Just a, a mystery ink... I, it, sure. I think it's like an or it's it's a secret origin of the mystery. Ink. I would have, I, I would I would be more okay with this if it was just like I would be more okay with some of the things that they're saying behind this behind the scenes if this was just Vilma if there was no one else in the show but since there is I'm kind of like if you could have just made a Scooby Doo show if I hate to like because this is what every a lot of adult animation has become if they wanted to do like the Rick and Morty thing but like keep all the traditional elements and just turn it adult I'd probably be more on board um because like I don't I there like. I, if you're gonna do something like keep all the elements that it's called Scooby Doo, um, it's just like is she, is Velma a teenager? Yes, in this? In yes. The show, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're yeah. all teenagers in this. Yeah, um, they're in high school. Yeah, I, I just this need, is, so uh, I'll finish your thought. I just and need, then I'll jump in. I need, I just need to see more. Uh, this first trail, this first like a one minute clip. It's very meta. It's very. We know we know we're making fun of a thing like oh the Jetsons is doing. Like I get what you're doing. I didn't find it funny. Did I. Y'all, y'all know Riverdale. Yeah, y'all yeah. know Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. Those are the primary influences of this show, mm-hmm. um, yeah. as voiced by Mindy Kaling and the other person who's show running and writing, who I can't remember. Okay. Um, but they did an interview that I watched where they were talking about their intentions with the show and things like that, and that they're very much trying to go for uh, more of the voice cast was revealed than just the Mystery Inc. gang. We learned like people are playing people's parents. So it's very much steeped in like the high school environment. So like Fred's parents are in this, Daphne's parents are in this, Velma's parents are in this. Um, and uh, they're going for Riverdale very, very directly. Like they're going for for doing a Riverdale with Scooby-Doo. Um, and 
my my thing really comes down to Mindy Kaling, to her credit, did talk about like how how she liked Scooby Doo when she was growing up, and I'm sure that's true. But like to me, everything I've heard about, everything I've seen presented about the show from the moment that it was announced has felt like wanting to use the IP of Scooby Doo, but not really caring about who likes Scooby Doo, yeah, or like what people like about Scooby Doo, and um, it kind of feels like. I'm not there. There's room to change these characters. There's room to to mess with them. Scooby Doo shows have reinvented their personalities time and time again. That's happened. Um, but uh, at a certain point, you're just you're not making a Scooby Doo show. This honestly, to me, feels like a SNL style parody of Scooby Doo. Yeah, being given its own animated show, and I'm just I don't care. Yeah. I have no qualms with changing the race or anything of these characters that's not the issue the issue is for me entirely about there's just nothing necessarily i'm hearing about that it's not even about this teaser it's just everything they're saying about the show that makes me feel like as a scooby-doo fan that i want to watch it um it doesn't feel like it's for me if i'm being blunt about it it just doesn't feel like it's for me it feels like it's for an audience that is that is uh tertiarily aware of scooby-doo the right the other writer charlie grandy worked on um he worked on the office he worked on the mindy project yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. four weddings and a funeral six lives of college yeah Girls. so it's him it's him who was talking with mindy and they were both saying like he says something that like really just like sums up to me perfectly like i just don't care about this which is he's like one of the things we really want to do is we wanted to make sure that we got the origin story of jinkies of why velma says jinkies and i'm like i so don't give a shit about the origin story of why Velma says Jinkies in a show that is not a prequel to Scooby-Doo. It's not a prequel to any version of Scooby. Like this it's is not, bank. this is not you telling me why Velma says Jinkies in all the other Scooby-Doo programs. This is you telling me why she says Jinkies here. And I, honestly, in both versions, I don't give a shit. Yeah. So, Velma so, says Jinkies. That's all. Zoinks. There's nothing more to that. Um, there doesn't need to be. And uh, the, uh, the wrong headedness of that kind of approach just, um, puts me off entirely and i'm sure this this could be a really good show like mindy kaling is a really talented person and like she's really funny so like there could be a version of the show that is really funny but it's nothing to do with scooby-doo whatsoever and for some people that'll be fine and for i think a lot of people they'll be like then what, that's the thing what's the kind like, of the point you and you and i were kind of talking about this even before the teaser was there and i was saying that um this just doesn't feel like it's made for an audience that keeps up with scooby-doo this feels like yeah. a, it's made for an audience that just is aware of the Scooby-Doo isms. Yeah. And that's it. And I just It's for people who see that Velma's going to like swear and there's going to be like gore and boobs like, "Oh, I want to see Radar Scooby-Doo." That's also part of it is that I'm like, "Why is it why is it uh why does it have to be mature?" And I, I think that's the thing right now for me also is that if you were going to do this just as you said, Brandon, like it, now that they're bringing in the rest of the Mystery Ink gang, like why not just make a mature Scooby-Doo show and have Scooby in it? Like, I don't know why we're not doing this. Um, there is a world where like a rated R mystery show and is I think, really cool. And yeah. I think honestly, the answer is that there's, there's a sense of like Scooby himself. Like if he talks is too cartoonish for them. So they can't, so they did that, that they don't want to do it. And yeah. like, it's too, it's too corny comical for, for the thing. And I'm like, but that's, that's Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it, would be, it would be like in if in the show, uh, if, sorry, if in the live action movies they used a real Great Dane that didn't talk. And I and I think there's room for that. It's just you know like everything else still has to be there. Like you have to, 
it, right? Like if Scooby-Doo, let's say the, the, there's a live action project and Scooby, Scooby the dog doesn't talk. Shaggy can still impose a personality upon Scoob. He can interpret Dogs have everything he says. He can interpret Scooby, like not necessarily like like translating Scoob, but like he can interpret Scoob's personality in a way that feels in tone. I just don't think that they're interested in interpreting any of these characters in a way that feels in tone. And I like the people voicing these characters. I just, it doesn't feel like, it, fundamentally, it just doesn't feel like it's for me. And I, I also didn't find the teaser funny or, or charming or anything. I think I think actual Scooby-Doo stuff, which there's been a lot going around lately, uh, but like actual Scooby-Doo stuff has done a better job of like they, someone someone shared it recently and I really liked it and I retweeted it about um, the uh, like right after Scream came out, they did a little like gag on Cartoon Network about Scooby-Doo movies, like the new Scooby-Doo movies airing on Cartoon Network and it's Daphne getting the call from Ghostface, but it's actually Shaggy at the door. I remember, yeah, and yeah. And it's yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I remember that. You showed and me like, that. Yeah, and, and like, I, when you're doing stuff like that, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who well, this there is. Was the, there was the show, um, because I see Gail, Gail's comment. Uh, there was like the, the, they had the bumpers for like Scooby-Doo marathons or like those Scooby-Doo movies um, where one of them was like, oh, how did, it was like a documentary format. Oh, how did you all meet? How did you, how'd you all meet? How'd you get the mystery, the mystery, uh, the mystery van? Um, and it's like, oh, well, first we had my dad drive me around to haunted houses. It's like, just they're all crammed in like Daphne's dad's car. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Mags, Mags, uh, right. The, there's strong, strong interpretations have been the Mystery Incorporated the cartoon Gunn. and the James Gunn movies. Yeah, those movies looking better and better every day. Not that they weren't bad. No, I like those. They movies. were good. Yeah, I like those. Yeah, I recently, I recently had both on in the background while I was packing. Hell yeah. Uh, Gail, so Gail's comment: Who wants parents in the Scooby Gang? That's why. Uh, that's why Scoob, Scooby was fun as a kid. Are they? Do we see his, the Scooby the Scooby Gang's parents in the show where they're all kids when they're all, all like? Like in a pup named Scooby Doo. That's my favorite Scooby Doo show. A pup named Scooby Doo. In a pup named Scooby Doo, I'm pretty sure it's been a while, but I'm pretty sure when we see adults, it's very much in a like they don't go wah wah wah, but it's in a it's... Charlie Brown way where you don't see their faces. Yeah, it's 100 percent like Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, kind of like that show. I remember. It's... I remember liking the show. It's like where the, you don't see their faces; they only go up to a certain point. Point. Yeah. 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 yeah they're very like much. When... They're very much not the focal point of the show. Remember when Cow and Chicken's parents were revealed to just be legs? Actually, yeah. very from what I remember, very early episodes of Fairly Odd Parents didn't show Timmy Turner's parents. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. It's very similar thing. Um, Scooby, Scooby Doo. Um, I don't think it's a problem necessarily to have like have it be a very teenager focused uh, show and have their parents present. I don't think that's necessarily a problem. I just, I, I don't, I don't get what they're trying to do with it that isn't just it's Riverdale with Scooby-Doo which is really what it's feeling like more and more that they talk about to me is that it's it's just literally Riverdale with Scooby-Doo characters she did, I don't know if it's the same interview but she she mentioned that Velma does is like you're going to see the parents and she has a relationship with her dad who is played by by uh, uh, I believe like a, like a Muslim actor and I think like they're going to lean into like that part of it and that again that part like the characterization of like making Velma not that she's not a stat like three-dimensional but like you know a, a, like a like a culture like full like quote-unquote real character but then it's in this like rated R like poop but poops and butts show. Well, that's so the, it's like I'm like I, it's weird. It's, I, I think that's the thing is like I I agree with the idea of like I want to 
like the thing that's in this teaser, right, is that she says, I'm more three-dimensional than that. Yeah. And like, yeah, sure, Velma is. Velma should be a more fleshed out character. But that's also pretending like there aren't Scooby-Doo projects that have already done this. Yeah. Um, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated is a really great example. Again, thanks, Mag, for bringing it up because people have noted in there that that's where Velma was initially hinted at to be lesbian. She gets romantically involved with Shaggy and ultimately decides to cut it off because she realizes that's not what she wants because she's not actually attracted to him. And it's more than just like just not being attracted to Shaggy. Um, that's a whole thing. There, there are depths to the characters and there have been depths to the characters in other programs. I don't like that they, I feel like the only starting point that most of the staff for this show feel like they have is the original series. Mm -hmm. And like these characters have not been developed or nuanced in any way since then. Yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of feels like... <clears throat> You know, when they, you know, you know, it's, it's weird timing for Velma, right? Because in the same week that Scooby-Doo movie revealed that uh, Velma is a lesbian, it happened one, like one, two. So it kind of overshadowed the Velma thing. And I'm kind of looking at that going like, well, Velma is a three-dimensional character. She's got yeah. plenty of movies already that are just constantly coming out. Exactly. Uh, that was uh, Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo, which is out now. It's the newest one um, where Velma was confirmed to be a lesbian. And honestly, like the people behind that film have said, we are paying off what they were trying to do with Mystery Incorporated because they were not allowed at the time to flat out say that's what they were doing with Velma. It was the intention, but they couldn't just say it in the show. It was cut. So uh, that has long been a thing they've been trying to get in there. But they're like, Velma has been gay for forever. Um, in intention. So it's it's i don't know who this is for <laughs> what about wednesday do you know what that's for who that's for yeah it's for everybody Shit. it looks so good it's especially for ortega fans oh my god that Dude. girl's incredible i can't wait wednesday looks exceptional i'm happy i was already excited but like man like, it feels like like tim Burton's back baby and he's not like and he's not just like oh i'm just gonna like do my normal gothic thing like like it, it's not as like Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's still like Tim Burton, which is nice. Like he's like he he found like a nice middle ground. Um, and yeah, Jenna Ortega looks so good. I didn't, I never expected a Fred Armisen, uh, uh, Fester really into that. Um, like it just looks so fun. Like I, I I'm so stoked. They definitely filmed Harry Potter at the, at this place. There, there's a foyer that the kids definitely. Uh, this is a Harry Potter location. Man, I'm stoked. Man, um, how are you feeling about when that next day? Feeling pretty good, honestly. Feeling pretty good. Looks really good. I wasn't crazy about the first trailer. I didn't really care for what I was seeing there. Uh, I really liked this trailer, though. This was the trailer that got me really interested. Good, good, good. Um, I really like a lot of what they're hinting at, what the plot is, that the mis with the mystery at the Nevermore Academy. Um, I do really like Jenna Ortega's in this role. I think she's really a great fit for it yeah I'm, I'm i i will i will definitely check this out yeah uh morticia and gomez look great it, it looks it, it looks like it is a fun mystery and like there's like fun puzzles happening with like like statues moving and i'm like christina ricci christina ricci's back it's a tv show shit dude. i'm so happy it's a tv show right yeah mm -hmm. shit yeah dude. so i'm so happy i think that it's it's very colorful in the way an adams family thing can be colorful mm -hmm. um <laughs> I really, I'm, oh, what I'm happens? really like, wildly happy about like it. Like she's allergic to the color, like she dies of something. It's yes, like, she gets hives and her skin falls off her bone. Love it. Um, yeah, I just, I think it's going to be really good. I do want to point out Meg's other comment. Yes, uh, Cartoon Network parodying the Blair Witch Project. That's another one of the things I yep. was thinking of where they, they've taken Scooby-Doo and they've been able to be fun. You also showed me that when yeah. we played Blair Witch. Super good. That was really That's good. very good. I remember that one. I remember rat, like, 
it's the most I've ever been like, okay, but when's the commercial break? Because they were doing it through commercial breaks the night that they aired it on Cartoon Network. And so you'd be watching a cartoon program and then you'd be waiting for the next part of the Blair Witch Scooby-Doo story mm -hmm. in the commercial break. And I was like, that's how they get you. What happened? That's how they get you for <laughs> yeah, a whole block. Yeah, yeah, but they had me. I yeah. was like, oh no. Uh. All right. I lost my thing. Um, Oni, Thunder God's Tale. Oni, I mean, we just watched this. Oni, it's a stop this motion. Is... Right? Yeah. This looks. This looks good. This looks pretty good. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie. It felt like it was almost moving too slow. Like there was missing frames. Like it was a little too jerky for me. But like, it still looks. It still looks it's really like impressive. A it's a different way of animating. It's. It definitely is. Yeah. Um. I think it looks really cool, and the idea of like this big mountain village protecting from the oni. Maybe one of them's an oni, and like, oh, maybe monsters aren't so bad. Werewolf by night. Uh, looks looks pretty pretty charming. I really liked this. Hell yeah! I really liked this. I really like the uh, style it's going for. I really like the voice acting. There's a joke that it. The only way that I can describe it is like this. This you know. This, this one character has water on his head. This is the umbrella dude. That's, I thought, it's in his head. Me up. It's in his head. And then he like bows and all the water pours out and he just dies. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was really damn funny. Yeah. Yeah. All the, I think that was a Kappa that you were talking about. The one with the mm -hmm. water in his head. Um, sure. Yeah. This looks, this looks adorable. This looks really cute. Yeah. I really, I really like this. I was really happy. I found this trailer. Oh yeah. Violent night. This is the winner, y'all. This year, this is the Christmas is a diehard movie. So this is the a bitch, I yeah. forgot I didn't watch this one. God damn it! Oh man, this is for me. This is probably my favorite trailer of the week for sure. Um, when I when this first came out, the first trailer, I'm like, uh, or sorry, when, when this week when I first saw it, I'm like, I can't believe this is real. And then rewatching it, I'm like, this is great. The only other Santa movie that, that's that reminds me of this. There's a early 2000s straight DVD movie called Santa Slay, where the wrestler Goldberg plays a murderous Santa Claus. And that movie rules. Rule, I, remember rules. I remember you talking and, about this. And like, we don't get these the crazy Santa Claus movies as often as I want. And baby, David Harbour, the real Santa Claus, I guess. So, uh, a couple of years ago, they made the Mel Gibson film Fat Man, which uh -huh. is basically this. It's Santa Claus, and it gets becomes action Santa Claus. So, I saw the trailer kind of like I saw the trailer came out. I was like, all right, another one of these. But then I saw from the producers of Bullet Train and another movie I really liked that I forgot the name Nobody. of. Nobody. Nobody. I was like, oh, cool. Mm -hmm. And I think the action is staged really fun. Really fun. Um, I think it, it, it doesn't look like, you know, it looks kind of like that John Wick action, that kind of like Bullet Train, that David Leach action that we've seen. Uh, it's um, also, it's also just just because you made the comparison like the mel gibson well at first off david harbour is a better celebrity to enjoy than mel gibson and in, in um but it's also like what that film was doing was like very much like we want to do logan using santa claus it was grounded um it, yeah it, it didn't want to show christmas color yeah this is steeped in christmas color. he's got a and like magical the, portal <laughs> and, the, and the season of the year and everything like this is this is using christmas not uh just using santa and there's there's a big difference there yeah uh yeah it's, it's santa claus diehard uh wild wild idea big big fan Sorry, big fan I, I didn't mean to cut you off brandon uh go ahead i don't remember um i agree i agree with what you're saying though that this just this looks more more engaging than that project those kinds of projects have been before yeah, yeah i uh, think they really nailed this 
Yeah, uh, Ben, like, he's the real Santa Claus, and then a house gets, like, burglarized with, like, uh, John Leguizamo as the villain, and he portals in, and then, like, somebody tries to, like, kill him, and Santa Claus has to kill a bunch of people, and he's using his magical so, bag and so, shit. Oh so it's because it, the, the family has, like, $30 million in their vault, so John Leguizamo is leading a bunch of people who want that money, and so they're holding the family hostage to get it. But in the other room, Santa was delivering their gifts at the exact same time, and so the people with the guns were clearing the house, and they busted in on him, and he's like, oh, no, ho, ho, no! <laughs> and so he's, he's uh, also getting a call from the little girl, and she's asking for his help and he's saying you're on my nice list and so he's going to just ruin and then there's people. like a montage oh. of him just going naughty naughty of all the people is killing yeah this there's looks this, like a great movie there's this great bit where he puts it where he's like what do i do with naughty kids you, you give them coal right and he just pulls puts a grenade down someone's pants and as the and walks away and as the guy's like fumbling he's like well i gotta watch and he turns around and watches the dude explode yeah. Uh, <laughs> he says season's beatings so there's definitely gonna be some good santa puns this oh. definitely looks like it's gonna be good. It's gonna and be David good. Harbour's the just the right level to carry it with like sincerity and like quirky pun yeah. level. Like oh, yeah. he's, he's perfect for it. He can play like a heartful Santa and a put upon Santa at the same time. <laughs> yeah, this December second, just just in time for the holiday. Because he's got that he's got that whole bit at the beginning at the bar where he's just like Ugh. I'm the original <laughs> one. <laughs> but then but then you got the moment with the cookie and he's just like pitch perfect. Oh on yeah. That moment. <sighs> yeah, I'm Love it. I'm actually really excited for this. Yeah. I am too. That's gonna be a Christmas Christmas miracle. Um, okay, so I put this one on here. I forgot to ask you about that. I mistakenly thought this was a trailer. Teen Wolf the movie released a clip. Yes. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I do. Um, it looks like they're probably killing Tyler Hoechlin at the very beginning of the movie. Um, <laughs> they got him for a scene. <laughs> it, it 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 wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me because like a lot of the characters I know are supposed to be in like disparate locations at this point. Um, so this being like a thing that brings them all back together wouldn't wouldn't shock me. Uh, it's it's definitely a, a head scratcher because um, Crystal Reed we we knew she was coming back as Allison, which was a big deal because that character's been dead for a while, um, and she's coming back ready to murder some people. So that's confusing. Um, these are people who were her friends. Rip. Not anymore. Um, now she's come back from no. the dead like Sarah Lance and then and Arrow. Uh, y'all, y'all. Teen Wolf's really good. I love that Michael J. Fox movie. Uh, it's like it's probably the best thing MTV ever made. I I I believe that in terms of TV shows. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. Like like it's real good. We all we all should watch Teen Wolf. One day I will. Do you think they're gonna catch lightning in a bottle with Wolf Pack? I think it's possible. I'm really excited about Geller being there. Um, yeah. that's that's given me. That world is very fleshed out, the the Teen Wolf TV world that they made. Um, they have so much lore and room to play with with mythical creatures and everything. Um, man, I I would love for them to go even further and crazier. So, yes, I'm hopeful. That Wolfpack teaser was cool. Yeah. 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 Murder on the Orient Express. I can't stress to you guys enough that, like, Teen Wolf's actually pretty good. <laughs> like, like, very high up there in, in my, like, wow, I'm really impressed. Like, the performances are really good. You uh, you saw that someone was recently sharing um, the scene from Scream, mm -hmm. uh, the, the MTV show. There's a scene in season two where a guy grabs the uh, bar on the screen oh. uh, when someone is hallucinating. Mm -hmm. um, they did shit like this 
multiple times on Teen Wolf where they they screwed around with perspective of the camera and things like that to put you into the same fear state mm. and uncomfortability as the characters when things were going wrong. Um, and it was really good, really, really effective. So, um, yeah, I highly recommend. Like, MTV just had two shows that had, like, really bold, visionary people working on them. And it was Scream, the first two seasons, yeah. and Teen Wolf. And I don't know, they never did it again. But, like, right there, boom, some some incredible stuff happened. MTV tried some horror, and it worked. Super Mario Bros. Oh, that was this week. That's right. That was this week. Womp womp. <laughs> um, ben. Yeah. Why don't you go first? No, I want to wait until what you guys hear about this. That's fair. What you guys say about this. I pulled that with Velma. I'll go first. Um, I think everything's great. And then Chris Pratt talked and then I was sad inside. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nine, nine, 99% pretty, pretty good trailer. And then I I heard him go Italian voice. I loved the Bowser stuff so much. I think the animation looks stunning. I love Jack Black as Bowser. I think he's fantastic already. I love the penguin with the deep voice. Hell yeah. Give it to me, baby. Um, I was so, it's so cool. And then Linda Belcher showed up. Um, ever since I saw that, ever since I saw that clip, I cannot unhear it. It's, it's, it's mess. It's messed up. Cause now, now, yeah, it's just the wahoo, Bobby. Mushroom kingdom, here we come. I was talking to Sparks about it a little bit earlier. Like, I... I don't know if it's worse that he's not trying anything more or that he that we should be thankful he's not doing a hardcore accent. Like, I don't know what's, what's better, the fact that he's barely trying or that he's not trying. I, I don't even know. I was, telling, I was telling Ryan that, like, the main thing that really just doesn't work for it is that, uh, frankly, Chris Pratt's done too many voice roles where he's just being Chris Pratt, playing a voice role. And it's not that he's bad at, like, voice acting. He's fine. It's just... He's, he's animated. Used, it's just he's used his voice every time. Yeah. And this doesn't feel any different. And hearing Chris Pratt's voice come out of Mario's face, I always thought was going to sound wrong. And here we are, and it sounds wrong. Uh, so it just you can't get past it, and it sucks. And it's unfortunate that they cast him because I, I just want somebody who would have tried to do something. Every other person who spoke in this trailer i was thought i thought this is spot on the second bowser talked the second kamek spoke the second we heard keegan michael key is toad i'm mm-hmm. like yes 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 to all of it chris pratt was of course was the one where i'm like well okay that just sounds like chris pratt and that, i mean that- even with jack even with jack here's the thing even with jack black because you know when Jack Black does uh, some of his voice roles, he has that certain Jack Black voice. Not this time. I don't know if they just if they if he was if he was doing a deeper thing. I don't know if they modulated him in the studio. I don't know what this audio engineer did. Modulating him. But what? No, no, did, I don't think so. I don't think so. No? I think he is. I think he is putting on that voice because he did the yeah. voice on stage live when the before they released the trailer because you yeah. know he had that whole thing where he's on the th- on the throne. I don't think it's modulation. I think it's. He's just a good actor. He's a good yeah. voice actor. He's exactly. a wonderful performer uh, doing a great performance. Like yeah. when Bowser looks like when the penguin comes up and he Bowser says, I do not. I'm like, okay, that's actually kind of terrifying. Yeah. And he, and he actually sound, I'm fine. Cause uh, look, growing up, I always hear Bowser do the, the, the really deep voice, like the Mario 64, the super deep ass voice. 
And then we get to this trailer and hearing Jack Black, I'm like, no, Jack Black's scary. I'm actually, or scary to an extent. Everything about, and even Keegan Michael Key, when he does that high pitched toad voice, mm-hmm. it's like that's still Keegan Michael Key doing his thing, but he, I feel like he's doing a, more of an homage to toad, but he's doing, but it's like it's toad, but it's his version of toad, and I'm yeah. totally okay with it. It sounds exactly like toad, I would think toad would sound like in the games. Hey, and, and we've heard toad speak in the games, he's very high pitched, and it works. Um, I, I, Chris I just want to. I do want to say that I'm really happy that this trailer got like a lot of people uh, talking about Jack Black. I loved seeing people online talking about how great of a performer Jack Black is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they constantly, constantly, I constantly watched that clip of him at Fallon doing the the little the little music thing. I think he's such a great, oh, yeah. he's such a great actor. He's he such is. a great showman. He's a he's a he's I I love him. I'm so happy he's got this yeah. role. He's gonna kill it. Yeah. Oh, and Gail Luigi was in trailer. He was at the very end, but we only hear Charlie Day screaming a little bit. But either way, sound. I mean, I can't really tell say much about Charlie Day, but I do know Charlie Day is going to have a good time. I feel I like don't. Def- I I don't think it's. I don't think we can say too much about Charlie Charlie Day. Well, we can't. I honestly don't think we can say anything. But I think that sequence was really exciting. It is. I really yeah, like seeing. What to say, Ryan? Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like. I really like that. Wait, but one thing I will definitely say about the trailer, outside of Chris Pratt, like the only the glaring negative is unfortunately the star of the show. Everything else, absolutely gorgeous. Just Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. That the way the how the Mushroom Kingdom looks, the way Bowser's castle is a giant floating volcano of lava. Is very the, the Goombas look amazing. There have been memes online about the penguins because in Mario 64, people were like, the penguin you dropped off the cliff and Mario 64 became the king. Also, fun fact, voiced by Kari Payton, a.k.a. Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. At just everything about how this thing... Even I like the way Mario looks in this trailer. I he actually like I like Mario's design, to be I like, honest. I like Illuminations movies. I do. Yeah. I'm not as hard on elimination as 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 the as others. Um, I the, am hard on elimination, and this looks awesome. And I I I've always said how much I really like their 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 Doctor Seuss stuff. Um, this is the best looking movie Illumination has ever put out. Hands oh, yeah. down, easy, easy, hands, hands down. And I'm also want to uh, bring up Max's comment right here too. He says he's waiting more for Donkey Kong's voice, but waiting for the film entirely to actually give my two cents. We got uh, Anya Taylor Joy's Peach. She's gonna be mm-hmm. great. He's always great. Mm-hmm. I, I, Seth Rogen. I can't help but think he's just gonna be great. I like. I'm, I'm not worried about anybody, but but the lead. Well, Chris one, Pratt is I the only. Before I, I kind of wish Seth Rogen were playing Mario instead. <laughs> that would be that look, would be funnier. Look, that would be funnier. Fit, he'd fit yeah. the face more, even if he's just being Seth Rogen. That's the thing. And he'd do a it's little like Italian. Chris Pratt's Chris Pratt's maybe trying a little. His voice just doesn't work coming out of Mario's face. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. No, I agree. It, it doesn't. And also the fact that Charles Martinet is on the bill. He's voicing a character. He's voicing characters in this he's movie as well. Background people, I bet. Pro- probably, but. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to say Charles should have voiced Mario because I don't know that that would have been the right way to go. I don't don't think so, especially since all the games, they're not very dialogue heavy anyway. But what I will say is... Hold on, hold on. Sparks is trying to say something. Oh, sorry. No, I was just... Just someone who looks like they actually fit the face of Mario, which there's just no world where Chris Pratt does. Like, I I was honestly holding out hope before this trailer came out that somehow 
because he said I was working on a voice that somehow he was going to pull something out Liar. that he didn't lied. sound like it, you know him in Onward or the Lego movie or any other project Chris Pratt has done and it just does it just does and I'm like what yeah. <laughs> we can only hope it won't happen yeah, because Chris um, Pratt is 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 the world ever the regular people love Chris Pratt he's He's gonna make this movie ten times more money if he wasn't the star of it. You know what I mean? Like that's why he's he is a star even if he doesn't fit. Um, maybe uh, we'll get a Sonic and they'll make his voice sound better, but I doubt a it. Lo- a lot of people have been petitioning that they force Chris Pratt to go back in the booth and re-record all his lines. A lot of people have been saying that. Hey, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm willing to die on the hill that Charles Martin could have done this. I don't think you probably should have should have hired him because whatever you're if you're gonna have an all star cast why not why not splurge? But the thing is this goes back to the, the thing we've been talking about for decades now hire voice actors. The fact that Hollywood has something against professional voice actors is getting out of hand. And Charles Martinet is a good voice actor. He is not just the role of he's not just every Mario clone in that in that game. He also does a bunch of other things around uh, uh, in all sorts of animation. He's a good voice actor. And the fact that he can't play the role that he made famous is ridiculous. I will I will say in defense of not casting Charles Martinet, I think that the challenge is that Mario is just not a character designed to speak like this in a film. And I think Charles, it, I think it is an unfair task to put on upon his shoulders to try to make Mario work in a way that is not too exaggeratory of all the ways that he has voiced Mario for decades. Like, that would be hard. He would have to try to be true to Mario, but also having to dull Mario down. And I don't know that that's a fair ask. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have done it, but I understand not doing it. I, I mean, don't. I, I don't disagree. Like, I, I don't disagree. A different voice actor. It's just Mario's. All of Mario's phrases. Are all so, he says is "wahoo." Are so are so big and so so exaggerated, offensively Italian. And yeah. uh, and I don't. I you you would you'd have to pare that down. And I'm not saying he's. You'd be losing what makes him special. I, I'm right. I'm not saying he's incapable. I just I think that's a tough spot to put someone in. Someone I, who has been married to the character. I am not saying that it is not a tough spot to be put in. I I do think in the hypothetical world that will never happen that Charles Martin that does get cast as Mario, I think he could have done it. He could have toned down that role. He could have performed it as a voice actor because he is a voice actor. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. not uh, just the voice of Mario, like I said. Like you, he can. I believe he could have done it, but we don't live in that world, unfortunately. No, no. Also, the a clip from the French dub has been making the rounds as well. People are saying that they're going to watch the the film in French it's for good. Mario's voice. Man, um, but really to, to put a pin on this, once again, this was just a teaser trailer. Another trailer is definitely coming along the line, maybe around Christmas or something. But one thing I can definitely say, just from this teaser, Chris Pratt aside. I am stupid excited for this movie. I love the way it looks. I love how Jack Black is voiced. I love how Keegan-Michael Key is towed. I cannot wait to see more. Chris Pratt is... I When I go buy my ticket to see this film, I am going to see Jack Black, Auntie and Joy, Charlie Day, everyone else outside of Chris Pratt. Yeah, I got back to it. It's called the Mario movie. I you know, know I, it's called uh, the Mario say, movie. I, I will say a sound, I'm not totally against a sound alike. I, I want to just real quickly uh, just kind of say just kind of say that like didn't have to be martin it could have just been a voice actor i just think anyway um i am curious ben mm-hmm. 
look, as, as Ryan pointed out, it's the Mario movie. Mario's in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So could would you be... Do you think there's a world where where his voice doesn't hinder your enjoyment of that film? Like, how important would voice acting be in that sense? Talking about Mario? No, I'm talking about like you know how we always talk about like you know good art can ruin a comic, uh, bad uh, bad writing with good art can help a comic. You know, we talk about a lot of that like that. I'm curious, would Ben? Is there a world where Ben could like it in spite of Chris Pratt, or would Chris Pratt? overwhelming performance in the movie be a major hindrance oh no there's a definitely a world where i would love the mario movie and say chris Pratt's the worst thing about it absolutely hmm. yeah because i mean that's I, the, that's the best case scenario still good yeah that, that is the best case scenario as of right now oh, that's but, like the, the best. ryan said nine tenth but he he'd be because he's mario he right he'd be like he'd be like the whole movie right yeah like uh, if nine tenths, he wouldn't be. He would be one tenth of the movie. He'd be nine tenths of the movie. True, but it's nine tenths. tenths. I mean, while even though I don't actually mean like in terms of time in the movie, I just mean I, I, nine tenths was a bad example to say. But now, okay, I'm sorry. So. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Stockholm syndrome with movies is definitely a real thing, and you just kind of get used to something and accept it. And uh, that's true with any kind of media you yeah. consume. And um, especially if you like something, you will look over blemishes. Uh, remember going back, uh, the first time we saw the Sonic the Hedgehog film, I still was not super stoked about the interpretation of Sonic's voice, even though I like the actor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like, I just didn't feel like, just like what Brandon's saying, that there was no need to replace Sonic's voice actor with them. Yeah. Um, so, but but like, I got used to that and accepted it. And I, I think the situations are different. I do think he's a better voice actor in general than Chris Pratt and is very befitting of Sonic, whereas Chris Pratt is not befitting of Mario. But I think if everything else sings for all of us in general, that would be an, an accurate assessment. If everything else sings in the movie, you're just going to accept that Chris Pratt is voicing Mario. You're just kind of going to go, eh. and if you really don't like it, then you wait for it to come out on Blu-ray, you'll listen to it in a different dub. Y'all, that French dub, the real deal. They got him. He's French, but he's also Italian. Uh, amazing. If Bren really wants me to, I'll get the Blu-ray of it and I will edit it so that uh, Mario speaks French and everyone else speaks English. <laughs> but no subtitles. No, but, he'll get his subtitles. No, you I, I'm French. not going to force you to do that, but thank you for offering. No, you got to learn French. Or I learn French. I like that better. Well, Black I'm glad Panther. you're happy, then. Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Oh, man, what a week. Jeez Louise. Um... Looks real, I man. It looks so good. It looks it looks so stupid good. Like I, there, I, I I'm I'm in awe about how bad I want to see this movie. I think Namor, Namor, like I have never been more excited for a character to show up, like since like Thanos, like for real, like like it's he looks so incredible, and this is this is the introduction of him in the universe, not the end of it. Um, it just looks incredible. It looks like a great movie. So sure he's almost definitely black panther she's one black panther 100 yes i i hold, holding on to that yeah i 100 believe there will be multiple people no she she might become the black panther but there are multiple people wearing black panther suits in this movie 100 i i almost can guarantee there are going to be multiple black panther suits in this movie i will guarantee it all right what's what's sure he's gonna be making so much tech you gotta fight a war against against a bunch of people. You gotta I'm get not, your homies. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm oh no, no not, yeah, yeah. I'm just not committing to the belief because I don't want to be disappointed. 
I just don't want Shuri to be the only Black Panther. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's my mindset. I'm not, I'm not going in. I, edging my bets on I that just one. think there's a really, like, there's no indication of this at all, but like, I think it'd be really awesome if like like queen, the queen wore a suit when she like she has to fight Namor or something. I do. That would be sick as shit. No, I agree. I think that would be really sick. I will point out because I thought this was very funny that Ryan was pointing out evidence to me from like the previous trailer before this trailer, and he's like, "Look at this! Look at this! The mask is different with different dots. Could be a different Black Panther." And I'm like, "Or they finished the effects on the mask for this trailer." He's like, "Don't say that. Listen, Don't I'm say saying, that. They, they put it in a trailer. I'm just saying. Um, I I'm just and again again Marvel always does this." They're not showing us the whole movie. This movie's almost... They Do you know how long this movie has been? How long? It's two hours and 40 minutes. They did Damn. not show us two hours and 40 minutes worth of footage, my friend. Um, well, I'd be showing us the movie. Shut up. <laughs> I firmly think that he said himself, Namor is not the villain of the movie. So there is some ulterior threat, whatever it is. I'm excited. Some some doom approach. Listen, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm not. I'm not going to say it's doom. It's what I want. Yeah. But there is. There is. Like so many of these Marvel products, there is an element that they're not showing us yet. Sure. And that is the element that I'm really, really excited for because it's yes. always spicy. It's always juicy. It might be doomy. Very excited about all the, oh. the Iron Heart footage that we get in glimpses here. Oh my here. god. Yeah. They're um. They're they're in real quick. Sorry. I'm just. I'm so stoked. Um. Uh. They're in Chicago. Like, we see Chicago license plates. So they're doing her real origin where Riri is from Chicago. Um, their outreach program happening there, probably. Um, I just... God. This looks, if this movie's bad, it's going to destroy me. Because not just... not just it, bad. I don't like bad movies, but, like, what, what the movie is and what it represents and, like, everything with Chadwick. I'm like, this has got to be a winner, man. Oof. Uh, I really like his wings. His feet wings. Yes! God. He's uh, he's going to be the first mutant, too. They're, 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 they've confirmed it, but will they say it? Yeah, probably. And then, I mean, then they'll play the X-Men 97 thing. Yeah, you don't have to do that part again. You don't got to um, do that. All right, shall we go into our... I want to hear what you have to say, Brandon. Sorry, I, say realized, I realized Megan was trying to grab Luna. Oh, that's fine. It's okay. Uh, I don't have anything to say. You all oh. said it. Okay. You have nothing. You all said it. All right, shall we go into our main topic? I'm ready in black and white. All right, so now we are in our main topic. We're going to be talking about Marvel's latest, Marvel's first Marvel special presentation, uh, Werewolf by Night. So full spoilers. Uh, full spoilers for that. You have been warned. We're going to be spoiling the heck out of it. All right, what do we think? What do we think? about this i had a howling good time <sighs> yes i was like rotting good time um <laughs> i am someone who i i i i will like anything if it's good right but i have specific things that i really my niche is i really like horror i really like sci-fi i like fantasy but like it's a little bit under but so like when you give me really good science fiction, a really good horror, I'm really a big fan. When Marvel is able to do it, I'm really a big fan. And what they gave me with this presentation is absolutely one of my favorite things they've ever made. Um, I don't know if it'd be better or worse if it was longer. I know I just wanted to watch more because I was so in love with everything that was happening on screen. Uh, I I am infatuated with this. <clears throat> I'm sure it's got problems. I don't know if we'll talk about them. Maybe. I don't. I didn't see them. I think it's incredible. Love it. That's me. Sparks, Ben. 
Ben. Someone go. I absolutely loved it. You did? I, yeah. I absolutely loved it. Part of me, when I, I was enthralled with the story, I honestly think the length is perfect. It it was very concise. Um, I had an absolute, I loved the style of it. I loved how, uh, I loved how it was a black and white. I loved how the only red you saw was from the Bloodstone. Um, everything about it to me, I was like, this was a great Halloween one shot. The whole time I'm watching this, this is like, this is a perfect Marvel Studios Halloween one shot. And I have, as of right now, I have zero negatives. I have nothing bad to say about it. I had an absolute blast, and that's all I'm gonna say. I'm so glad. Sparks. You're not, you're not like, you're not as horror centric as us. So like, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Sparks. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I don't think anybody's surprised that I loved it. Um, oh. Me, who who regularly watches the classic Universal monster films, um, how could I not? Uh, I, I think it's the right length, um, kind of bouncing off what Gail's saying, wishing it was long. Uh, I, I get that. Like, not that I wouldn't want more of it. I do. Um, but I don't think it needed to be for this this first outing. of uh, What I care about more is that they fully committed to doing the thing they were doing, mm-hmm. um, which is something that the MCU has not been great about. And uh, here they were like, no, we're doing... The fact that this whole thing is in black and white, the fact that they committed to the genre of it, the fact that they committed to the violence of it, um, the horror of it, like this just felt good because it felt free of the constraints of this is yet another project where I didn't feel like they were trying to be for everybody. Mm, 100%. And I don't care who they left behind. Absolutely. That's a, it's a good point. Absolutely. Uh, I loved it. Yes. One of my favorite of the MCU, probably in my top five, if I'm thinking about it. Hell though, yeah, baby. Though it's getting, that top five is getting crowded as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I love how, uh, first off, we talked about, a little bit about this in She-Hulk, um, how She-Hulk's very confident in what it wants to do. And very much Giacchino is very confident in what he wants to do in this, in this. And um, it is a confidence that I should have suspected could come from him because I've, I've, I've championed him as a director since I watched his short, his short film. I said a lot about it on Twitter. It's great, but that is so confident of an, of an animated project that I should have realized that that man knows what he wants to do, has an eye for it. Um, and I was uh, blown away. I adore this. I adore this. This is this is incredible. Yeah, it's it's definitely again going back to like old school like like horror movies and like even just like silent movies like the, the score and the music is so important to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, especially the older movies and stuff. So like the fact that you have not just like a a, a brilliant composer, uh, but the guy he he's composing it for the thing he's right. directing. Right. Uh, I I was in love with it in the first fifteen seconds when the Marvel the Marvel Studios thing got a slash through it and it turned old school. I was like, Yeah, yeah. come on, bro, give me a break. And it helps the that Giacchino. Sorry, real quick, it helps that Giacchino has composed that Marvel Studios logo uh, uh, intro, so he's able to play with it. He's he's playing with his own intro. It's really cool. Sorry, Ben, go ahead. No, no, I was I was just about to kind of echo what Ryan said because the second the like the Marvel Studios logo is going. You get that really cool special f- presentation thing, and then the slash, and it goes into black and white. And the second it went to black and white, I'm like, "Oh, I know I'm in for the good time. Also, I'm in for a Marvel Universal style, a Universal style monster flick, and I'm Moon here Knight. for it." Moon Knight back in the logo. Thank you, Mark. 
Thank you, Mark. That's true. Thank you. Um, I really, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the black and white because we've touched on it already. Um, one of the things I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw anything under the bus, but like one of the things that I, I is very important with black and white was something that James Mangold talked about. You know, he couldn't just people were asking him why don't you just what, what's what's stopping me from turning the 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 color down on my TV to watch Logan Noir, and he's like, well, it's not purposeful. Black and white needs to be purposeful. It cannot just be it cannot just be black and white for its sake. Everything it can't be what we did, where I just turn the saturation down. Yeah, it can't. It, it's got to be. Backsider. Yeah. <laughs> it, I didn't want to throw anyone under the bus. Um, I did. It, it cannot. It, it has to be. Um, it has to be seen through the eye of black and white. And what I what I've noticed very early on is how nothing blends into the background. How the set feels very open and and it pops. There's depth of field within the within the black within the shadows. The shadows are true black. In a way, this is the most colorful the MCU has been in a long time just because of how how bold those blacks are mm-hmm. um the way it uses shadow and lighting um is is brilliant um everything you know i already said like all the plants easily easily every leaf could just blend into the leaf behind it but it doesn't you can tell that there are separate plants and it's so important to make that decision this is going to be black and white so we need to make sure we are lighting it Mm-hmm. Like it will be black and white. It's definitely you can tell. Yeah, the the thought process was there from the get go. Giacchino um, did a very good job of blending the world of the MCU with what classic Universal. And it's like. and it's the, it, again like you don't have to to explain that we have like monsters. You don't have you. They do exactly what they need to do. Here are their heroes. There's also monsters you don't know about. That's it. That's literally it. And then you can just introduce to the entire world for the next 10 years of monsters. And I'm like, man, that, look how easy that was. Incredible. What's up, man? I was really excited to see Marvel's take up Bloodborne. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you're going to love <laughs> Elsa Bloodstone then, my guy. That's literally, she's she's blood, she's blood Miss Bloodborne. She's an asshole. <laughs> she kills monsters. It's what she does. I, I'm sorry. The, tech, the second they were talking about the hunt and the, the, um, the Scottish guy's axe, I was like, this is just Marvel Bloodborne. I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. Um, I, yeah. Uh, uh, I just, it was it, Battle Royale, both a monster involved, like just really fun concept. Um, I love the misdirect uh, of man thing also. Like he's this monster in the thing. And then when he comes out and, re- and grabs Jack and is like, oh, Ted, I found you. Good. Again, another misdirect through the trailers because he gets yeah. grabbed through. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. Good shit. Uh, yeah. Man thing, definitely, uh, probably the MVP. Like, Again, it's so it was so smart not making him the actual like monster because he is just like Swamp Thing. He's like person. Right. People think that's that's what's great about the show. It's about like, hey, my monsters aren't monsters. Blah blah blah. Now everything's black and white. Uh he's so fun. They made him so fun. He makes coffee. He's best friends with our lead. Uh uh Jack Russell. Uh uh Jacqueline Russo, who got a name change, so he's a dog now. Um, I forget his name because he has three names. He's great, he's a scary name. Gael Garcia Bernal. It's really nice. That they were able to, because again, in the comics, Jack Russell, white dude, very boring, turns the world, right? Bringing in a Mexican actor, doing the De Los De Los Muertos stuff on his face, al- allowing him to bring more, again, bringing more culture to the MCU that this Space Force has done so well. Uh, it, it is, I don't think, this is going to sound negative, but it's not, there's not a lot to his character. It's, it's He's kind of the vessel for the audience. It's more about everyone else. He's just a really good dude. But it's nice to see that it wasn't just another, just a boring white dude. 
that's the thing about that's the thing about this Marvel special presentation format that is so interesting to me because it is there there isn't really a character arc. Every character, not, not like a change. There's not really a character change. Every character has an arc, but not like a change. Yeah. There, every character, the Elsa and Jack, they start at a place, they have a goal, and the story is just them completing that goal. And because you're not working with the two, two and a half hour length of what an MCU film normally is, you're working with a shorter time than that. Uh, it was really smart to just be like, to establish every character who they are, who the audience needs to know them as so that we can invest in them as we follow them on their journey. I think there's some great storytelling in the beginning with Jack Russell and Elsa Bloodstone. There is a little bit of exposition with the, with the stepmother with Elsa, which I think is, is delivered actually in a pretty natural way, but Jack kind of being uncomfortable and kind of walking around trying to kind of give this off, off this air of like, I'm one of you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, while well, he's kind of looking at the trophies. Uh, I noticed it my second time. He doesn't walk in wearing the necklace. He has it yeah. in his hand, and then when he then he puts it on as he's walking, like he says, he's not part of this. He's not he's not a hunter. He he's a creature of the night who hunts, but he's not a hunter. Right. Which yeah. is again a great reveal. Like, oh, this dude's killed more people than more monsters than anyone. Yeah, because like he's a he's a monster hunter as a monster. Just that's, that's just so to cool. comment on the special having an arc thing, and to, to be fair, I'm saying the thing you said. Yeah. But um, Elsa essentially does have an arc through this because um, I think you're right about. Uh, what you thought of when we were watching it, that when she's, uh, the the color is coming into the world when she's sitting into the chair, it's her uh, focal point of the world of monsters is not black and white. Yep. And it's that simple. Yep, yep. Jackson monster. Um, because that's changed. Mm -hmm. And that is an arc. Uh, and that's enough. Because it's like, it's a, the arc of a one-shot comic. Um, that's as much as that is here. I don't disagree with Gail about wanting a more explanation for um, the the history between why Elsa fell out with her dad and that kind of stuff. Like, I think there was there there sure was room to flesh that out, but I also don't feel like it was necessary to make this work. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where they give you just enough so you get it that like she doesn't want to be part of these assholes. Like they, they, these are a bunch of jerks, uh, and whether uh, she doesn't care about their their she doesn't care about yeah their their traditions now. Uh, her stepmother sucks. She, she's no, so I say that, good. But, but that actor is super good. Oh my god, she eats it up, man! The most like straight face Frau Blucher I've ever seen. Mm. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, very, very, Ooh. very. I, I, I will. Is it Harriet Sansom Harris uh, committed one hundred and fifty percent to the role she was playing in this special? You know who? And the special would be weaker without her. I agree. You know, who also committed the guy who has to turn the thing. He's like. <laughs> he did I give great that, that guy that guy did give great gore vibes i will not lie ben you've never seen young frankenstein have you i know yeah okay um there's a similar character in young frankenstein played far more comedically mm -hmm. uh to the stepmother um i i thought all of the, all the secondary characters were really colorful and fun um especially the uh uh, the 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 butler, who's got his cane, is all the thing. Um, if the the Ulysses Bloodstone, um, a talking animatronic corpse, uh, <laughs> is such a cool uh, thing. Like that's so cool. It's good because it's like it's funny. It's very Halloween um, graveyard but it's also, humor, but it's also a window into like. How effed, how, up how effed up he is and how effed up 
the family is and you kind of get the window of like why Elsa wouldn't want to be a part of this just from the fact that her dad rigged his own corpse to give the instructions for getting the bloodstone uh like a weirdo gail that's a great question why did elsa want the bloodstone uh one it is it is part of her like legacy you know like if you're a king and you have a princess like like it's her heritage she wants she wants it because she believes it's her heritage it's her heritage yeah and she might not want to be part of the bloodstone family but the bloodstone uh makes you immortal and it gives you super strength and all this good shit so like i'd want that if my shitty dad died for sure, absolutely. Uh, there's some great speculations, great stuff in the comics that Ulysses not as not actually dead. This is all a ruse to get Elsa back into his life. I firmly believe that could be the case. But again, this is the MCU. Ulysses could be a throwaway character. Uh, either way, uh, it's fun. Ulysses is a really, really. Ulysses Bloodstone is not a character I'd ever thought would appear, just like Elsa Bloodstone in live action. So like, a man I, thing, dude. I I'm still I still can't believe that for real. Uh, you know it's, it's crazy. Man thing was was mentioned in the first season of of uh, Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Maria Hill walks out of the courthouse and said, uh, "It says, oh, they just kept asking me like, what is a man thing?" <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, gosh, it's uh, taken that long to finally get Man Thing in the MCU. We had his wife. We had his wife in the MCU before him because she's in Iron Man three. That's right. The the yeah, that's definitely they did not think about the future. No, she can't show up again. She's dead and half. Of, she's half the botanist, of... right? Huh? Right? No, no, no. She's, she's the evil like lady who uh, she fights Tony Stark in a bar or something. <gasps> yeah, yeah, that's, that's my random ass character. Oh. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, man, thing showing up, and him uh, not using his teleportation nexus of reality powers probably means we're at an early or un. We're at a stage that that shit doesn't happen yet, which is exciting because just like Man Thing, his origin, like he's just like a man monster, and then slowly he gets the powers of the cosmos and all this crazy shit. Um, it's th- this this one hour special opened the doors for so much shit that was just inconceivable in my brain as ever being alive. Like again, this is one of those like it happens every couple months. Like the Thunderbolts is a real thing. Like the Midnight Suns are gonna happen. Like Elsa Bloodstone is is a redheaded monster hunter from obscure comics nobody reads. Like it it feels incredible and. When this thing happens, everybody on the internet and the world loves her. So now Elsa Bloodstone is going to become a household name, which means in the comics, she'll get a bigger bump. And it's just like, it's the MCU cycle that I like when they do take the obscure characters and they do do good shit with them. Because again, every character has merit. Elsa rules. She's such a bitch. You talked a bit about, you talked a bit about Man-Thing's powers. I want to talk about the brutality of this, of this special. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised how bloody it was. Admittedly, it's black and white blood. But it, it's it's good. It's it's, it's good chunky. use of what? It's chunky. It's chunky. It's good use of it. There's the there's the guy. He cuts. He gets his arm cut off, and then when he's flipped over, you see the blood trail yeah. from the arm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my favorite sequence is when uh, the werewolf, when Jack gets out, and we see him in the hallway as the door is closing, and so the light keeps changing, keeps like getting less and less, and he's fighting the dudes, and it's just the long shot zoom in. Brilliant, and as the blood like splatters the camera, oh, yeah. I I love that. I love yeah. that. I definitely think that they were able to get away with the rated R because the black and white. Because like, they're straight up a sword goes in someone's head. Mm-hmm. That's more than one person. That's so brutal. That's rated R Northman and brutal. Even man. even even Man Thing's powers when he's like vaporizing people and people are like, ah! like phosphorus acid. God, it's what brilliant. He's basically like like he's a swamp ghost writer. He kills you. He 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 senses your fear and then he burns you alive. 
Uh, and we read a, a cool comic that goes, I'm like, what if everybody's afraid? That's scary. And I really, I really like the, the ending when, when Jack runs away and then because Jack showed up to save man thing and now, and then he got captured. And so man thing came to save him, but he had already, he had already left. And so else it's just, you know, he went that way. He's just like, Oh, okay. Thanks. It's obviously we, we know who, who, who the werewolf by night is, but like there are going to be regular people who tune in the show, not knowing who the werewolf is. Not knowing mm-hmm. Werewolf by Night, so when Jack touches the Bloodstone and he and he gets shocked back, I think that will surprise some people, right. some regular people, and I think that's really cool because they don't give you until 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 he's close to transforming when he starts scratching himself like a dog. You don't get any indication really that he's a monster, uh, and then and I'm like, that's so fun. Like it, that is a fun like. Oh, you were with the monster. I think at a certain point you might just assume because you're like, well, somebody's a werewolf. Yes, of course, but like they don't. It's not like because everybody else is a hunter. Yes, and they're not immediately shoving it in your face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, You could, yes, you can narrow it down to who it is, but they don't throw it in your face. No, I get you. I get you. Um, The the uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite uses of the bloodstone being the only thing in color is when uh, she's using it to like attack Jack, Um, and so like you see the red electricity sparks come out of the bloodstone and as they hit jack they turn into black and white mm-hmm. yeah i thought that was brilliant um i really like the fact that the bloodstone is the only thing the other another sense another thing i really like is when he's when jack has escaped and he's up in the he's up on the trophies and you just see his eyes out of the corner of the brilliant yeah i brilliant. i my some of my favorite like I, eye visuals or whatever like you got blade runner they do like the crazy things and then like midnight mass a lot of vampire stuff you do like like the eyes and stuff and like that is so spooky we saw it in trick or treat with the dog the dog yeah that was Um, pretty spooky too yeah really good really good werewolf oh y'all the fact that it's just a dude in a suit and it's not like it's not like like cgi oh my god great great modern evolution of the original that's just a wolf man it's so it's so it's 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 crazier that he's just a wolf man instead of CGI because that's the world we live in where like it's it's just easier to make everything CGI and I'm like nah man they put that guy in in in, in makeup chair for six hours. There's even a practical man thing. There is moments in the in the special where man thing is CG, but there's a they built a practical man thing for they, that movie. They did. Uh, he is CG a lot of the time, 100. Uh, but having a practical guy on set definitely helps uh, with the visual the visual artists with the actors and everyone like. Well, but even real good. even so, when like. I think where it really works, and this is this is a small this is a small moment, but it really but it really sells the realism of man thing when he reaches when he first grabs Jack out from that's the, that's a practical man thing hand that the actor who plays Jack is interacting with, and then he's yeah. interacting with a real man thing face. It's small, but it really helps the audience not be so jarred by the fact that the next time we see him as CG, we now already believe it to be a real thing. Yes, there is an interview out. They digitally replaced a lot of it. Just like a lot of, unfortunately, like like as good as the suit looks, like it didn't work with the lighting and stuff like that. So they a lot of it, there is a suit there. It is CGI enhanced, just like Moon Knight. Uh, but it looks so much better than Moon Knight, I think because it's black and white too. That helps. Right. The black and white does help. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I love the trumpet that plays fire. So much good culty shit. Yeah, that's fine. I thought I thought those those were fire bagpipes, but nope, just a big ass trombone or not a trombone, a tuba or something. I don't know. That what? big brass instrument that spews fire. Yeah, that's like the the, the call of the hunters, like because you hear in the background when every time a hunter enters. Um, yeah, Michael Giacchino, man, like 
I know he directed like a Star Trek short, but like this is a live action feature, and like they're they are different things, and like it's it's There's a lot of more on set stuff. You got. yeah, uh, it's yeah. he's he's he he's worked in the industry so long. I think he's just got a he's got a he's got a hold on all of it. He's like, no, I got it. I can make the music. I can make a show. I'll do all of it. Like, yeah, Giacchino. Yeah, I hope I hope he does more. I want Giacchino. him to do more. Giacchino is the is the path that we talk about a lot. The 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 one that can like the one that starts in indie and goes to make blockbusters, but you have that one in between. You're right. Animation and animation and live action are two different beasts. But the fact that he went from a great animated a great animated episode to a great live action episode, he could easily go to directing a feature length film for whomever, Marvel, whoever. Yeah. And it could be and it would I believe it would be great. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Um I'm just I'm just so thrilled that like Marvel they, they they this uh, Marvel's taking a risk with Ant Man with Guardians of the Galaxy. They're straight they are taking a risk making a black and white Wolfman movie. <laughs> for for real. This is like the Wolfman exists in other things. It's not like Iron Man exists in other things. Like Wolfman is a, is a, werewolves exist forever. But like Marvel has their own Wolfman now before the Fantastic Four are here. That's stupid. <laughs> what a world do we live in? That there's no X-Men, but we got a werewolf. And man thing. And man thing. I, I, I just I can't I, I could not be happier with this like truly uh just like you know sometimes sometimes we get something that's like oh that could have been better but like then they get something like this and you're like you know what you won this year you got this one hell yeah should we rate it uh do you God. think that's a vampire on the wall that he refers to yes yeah 100 do you think a specific vampire or... it can't be dracula well i figured that yeah um it's definitely and it's so we definitely see uh in the, the I, I guess i'm not asking the question correctly Sorry. do you think this is going to be the mcu visual interpretation of vampires going forward when we get like blade and stuff yeah okay uh, yeah 100 um at least at least the old school versions they might sure. be modern just like things stuff but like that is like the monster look of it yeah um we see sasquatch and we see a bigfoot uh ulysses ulysses bloodstone murdered bigfoot and we see his face just up there um uh, there's a Sasquatch, not the same Sasquatch who, who who's friends with the Hulk. I hope because that's a real person. <laughs> that's a human being who transforms. <laughs> Love it, man. Yeah, uh, I would. I don't. Uh, would I give this a ten? Like, I, I, yeah, I give it a ten. Like, I, again, if it was longer, it might have more issues. But it's an hour, and there's no problems there. So, like, ten. I love it. Give me an Elsa one shot, please. Sparks or Ben? Sparks. Ben, you've said very little. Why don't you go off? Okay, sure. Um, but also, I want to bring up Gail's comment as well. She said that this was definitely a hit. Everyone was chatting about this in the hospital over the weekend. I love nice. that. And Drac and uh, Magma saying Drac was too OP. Unless he's fighting uh, a Hammer Hulk. Yeah, unless he's fighting a mm -hmm. Hammer Hulk. Um, I absolutely, yeah, I absolutely love this. Um, even earlier, Gail was talking about like the moral of the story, and I think I love the moral of the story is like not all monsters are monstrous. Like the reason Jack is there is to go save Ted. Ted is just like he is stuck there and he's like, I don't want to be here. I'm just a thing, I'm just a man thing. Boop, 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 boop. Um, <laughs> and then you got like the complete black and white visualization of the hunters who would like we see monster, we kill monster because monsters are all evil when they're inherently not. But other than that, I also have to give this a 10. Yeah. It was short and sweet. It has it's a great style. Um, absolutely stunning. Just the way it was shot, it's stunning. And even earlier, Gail was talking about the over the rainbow scene where everything turned to color. I thought that was beautiful. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's a great moment. And even the end part with just uh, Ted and Jack talking about going to get sushi. I'm like, you pick, I you pick a spot. It's like, I, I, I love this. 
this is everything about this was perfect. And yeah, it's a 10. Oh, yeah. One more Correct. thing that I mentioned. Um, there's a scene where it's the stepmom's face and then it transforms into a skull into the next scene. And that's a very like Stan Raimi transition. I'm like, yeah, thank you, Michael. It's very monster classic universal. There you go. That's a better, it's a better. There you go. Yeah. Love it. Raimi, Raimi adapting from the classics. 100%. Uh, I really like the part where Elsa is like Ted. Uh, I thought that was Love, well lovely name executed. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I could say more things that we already said, but uh, I just think it's really good. So it's a 10. I also would give it a 10. So 10s across the board. Um, Perfect I, score. I think it is just long enough. We should have a we should have a fun little thing when that happens. It's so rare. Yeah. Um, Good point. Yeah, we need a button. Yeah, um, I think it's just long enough. I think it's paced incredibly well. It shows a confidence in a in a in a burgeoning director that I love to see. I'm so excited for more of Michael Giacchino's directorial efforts. I always, I will always be a fan of his music, and I'm so here for all of his music. Um, uh, but as a director, he is untapped potential that I cannot wait to see more of. Hey man, that blade, that blade director, that blade movie needs a director. That's true. Um, I would, I would, I would wish that they could make a werewolf by night special every Halloween. Uh, I would love to watch more adventures of Jack Russell um, throughout all, like just make Halloween specials, Marvel special presentation, werewolf by night. Wouldn't shock me if some of these folks are in Coven of Chaos. Just saying. Uh, so the, there was rumors before Werewolf by Night was officially announced that there was going to be, there, every year there would be one and the next one would be Elsa. This was before Werewolf was, the trailer came out. Now that Werewolf by Night is out, I firmly believe the next one will be an Elsa one. 100%. If, yeah, if, I do, if how, how rumors go, like that seems to be true. I do think, I do think this has become, this is a good success. So I do think that Marvel will be interested in doing these every year, a Halloween special. And if Guardians of the Galaxy holiday and holiday special is good, I, I could see them doing a holiday mm. special every year as well. Um, maybe perhaps not Guardians of the Galaxy, but like something else. A Spider-Man holiday special. I'd watch the shit out of that. Oh my God, yeah. Um, I'm, the point is, I'm really happy with the first Marvel special presentation. I'm excited for more of those. I'm excited for more of Giacchino. I love this. I adore this. This is this is up there for me. Uh, ten out of ten. I love it. Look at that. Man, sometimes, sometimes Marvel just does it right. Thank you, Marvel. Yep. Appreciate you. Book club. Book club. Ryan. Take it away. Hi, everybody. It's me, Ryan Iliopoulos, comic man. And I chose, as I do every year, last couple years, I, I chose five single fun issues of spooky comics from the Marvel Universe that are easy to read on Marvel Unlimited because that makes it easy on everyone. Um, And we're going to go in a particular order. And I didn't label these in the correct order, which is my fault. But I want to go in the particular order because I want to save the best for last, which is the Fantastic Four one. Um, let's start with Hulk versus Dracula. Hey, guys. I got it, Fear Itself, real quick. I got it. I, I did not plan this. I'm so sorry. Hey, guys, so during Fear Itself, a bunch of hammers drop down. Uh, Odin's evil brother, the serpent, wants to take over the world, wants to be Odin. So e seven evil hammers drop down, and a bunch of heroes and villains get them. They become super powerful uh, and become crazy. What happens when the Hulk goes against Dracula? Not a, not a question you get asked very often. And as I find more about this comic, I want to hear what you guys have to think.
what to say about it. It was a it's a first of three. This is a, a a breezy read, but I still want to see what you guys thought. I liked the first few pages where they're going into where Hulk is tr- is like traveling through the the vampire nation, and that mm-hmm. one vampire is like, I'm pretty sure he's um, a respectable young a respectable chap, and he tells him like, Look, you just go your way. It's gonna be fine. We're not gonna worry. And Hulk just hits his head clean off. Yep, I yep, thought yep. that was hilarious. I'm like, that's a good tone setter. I'm into yeah. this. I I enjoyed it. Um, it I, this one that's like it definitely is like I chose this because it was brisky. Uh, yeah. I had the I had the page uh, here where it's when Rizo Coda shows up. Hell yeah, Rizo Coda! Like, I sat there and I was like, this is one of those times where you're reading a comic and everybody's like, literally, literally, Dracula's son is there, like, whoa, what? Rizo Coda? The Rizo Coda? And I'm like, all right. I mean, like, you guys could do this all you want. I don't know who this is. I don't, I don't, <laughs> like, I, hey, I don't expect anyone to know the the 17th, the, the, the 17th random Dracula son. Like, yeah. Uh, so it's it just playing through that moment, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Rizo Coda. Let me tell you why uh, I, I like this book. I don't think it's particularly great. I think it, it is first also the first the first issue of just like a fun little miniseries. I like seeing political and like battle strategy Dracula. Because that's not a Dracula. That is fun. You, you don't get to see battle Dracula very often. Strategy Dracula. Uh, and I just think that's a, I think that's a good time. Uh, I I made a choice after I'd finished reading to read the rest of issues of some of these. So mm-hmm. I've read all three of the Fear Itself Hulk versus Dracula issues. Oh, yeah. I wish I'd picked a different one. I should have done Chris that's why the I picked, Man Thing. That's why I picked one. Yeah. <laughs> I should have I read all three of Chris the Man Thing. That's the one I really I, see. I pieces of. I, I really thought about it for... for this week because world by night but i i wanted a variety of all yeah, of the universe. yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah the, the the hulk versus dracula story where it goes is like yeah okay cool all right uh you're you're correct like watching dracula be like a uh, pragmatic strategist is the best part of it um uh, I, by I, a mile i really uh can we uh, i, I really, like hulk's design i love the final page it's just cargo drops of monsters on top of hulk I think that's really cool. I it's Ryan Stegman on art. This is early Stegman. Uh so like I I I love Stegman's art. Um I just think it's I think it's just a, a fun um, um it's, it's a shame that it doesn't get any better. Uh but I, I will say cool. I will say um so one of Rizo Kodo's uh guys is a vampire who like adapts himself into smoke. Mm-hmm. So he tries to get in on the Hulk like that and uh, so the Hulk's you know swiping at him and he's like you can't hit something that's uh transistent and so the Hulk breathes in very deep and disperses him with a gust of air from that's his mouth. Right. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh any any thoughts before we move on Brandon? I didn't care for this. Cool. Okay. Next move on to hmm, hmm. let's do Ghost Rider. Let's do part one of Rise of the Midnight Suns. Ghost Rider twenty eight. Uh, you, this is my favorite Ghost Rider run. Uh, this is the Danny Ketch run, but this Danny is Ketch, the yeah. this is the beginning of of the Midnight Suns. Everyone's, you know, Punisher and Moon Knight. Everyone's favorite Midnight Suns in this comic. Uh, that's a that's an internet joke, sorry, y'all. Um, I love Ghost Rider. I think this is a really cool first issue. I think the art is stupid good, but I, I I've always thought the art is good. There's one specific flash page of the the rise of the Midnight Suns that is just jaw dropping. There's so many beautiful characters. It's such a beautiful splash page. Uh, I, I'm glad we read this. I, I talked about this first because you see the weapon of Danny of, of, of Johnny Blaze show up in another comic in the Thunderbolts issue. So that's fun. Uh, what did you guys think of of, of the Ghost Ghost and Blaze double comic? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a whole lot. I like uh, what I really liked is how Ghost Rider is staying Ghost Rider because um, Danny Ketch suffered a um, 
a fatal injury and if he transforms into Danny he's dead but Danny's still dying inside of him so he's like well I'm screwed either way you have that um, complication going and then you see Danny as a spirit go to the light which I assume he's trying to send to heaven but instead oh, he's so good yeah that's in the splash page and then but as then of course he sees Lilith in the midnight suns so he's like oh shit we're screwed um, I like Giant Blaze's shotgun that's really cool the old man on the other motorcycle the caretaker um, I, Sam Elliott caretaker yeah Sam I really enjoyed this issue. I had a good time with this one. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, I really like the art. Um, just like you said, I think the art for for Ghost Rider, especially like I've seen a lot of these before. Um, this time period of Ghost Rider art is just exceptional. My one of my favorite uh, uh, emerging. He's not emerging. One of my favorite villains that I'm learning more about. Uh, Blackheart. We read about him when when I made you guys read Ghost Rider before. He's got the giant eye. He's he's like the the electrical vampire. Uh, I think he's so rad. Uh, I love, I love seeing Morbius because again, in the '90s is the only time Morbius has been really great. <laughs> it's really nice. Uh, uh, Brandon, did you care for this one? I like the art. Um, truthfully, the, it was a little hard to follow. Um, but so the things that I, that, that I that I were able to um, uh, figure out, I really enjoyed, like Johnny Blaze's shotgun or um, what Ben talked about with Danny Ketch constantly dying inside of Ghost Rider. I thought those are pretty cool. But for the but I I I like I like this one fine. I do like the idea of Ghost Rider like trapped in his state because he's trying to protect Danny, and so that means like I'm just gonna pen and stare everybody and toss him at this muzzle. I'm just gonna <laughs> can't can't get himself under control at all. Yeah, uh, and then at the end uh, he's like, oh, you finally got your shit on together. That's cool. That's 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 a teeny arc, tiny little arc. Uh, yeah, I uh uh, that's a good time. Why don't we move on now to Avengers: Curse of the Man Thing? Oh, I should have been doing credits for all these, but there's a lot of comments to reading. Uh, hey, guys, Steve Orlando did an entire little mini arc with Man-Thing last year, probably in the lead up to this. Uh, 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 we're, it's the Avengers in the Man-Thing, X-Men in the Man-Thing, uh, other people, Spider-Man in the Man-Thing. Uh, but I chose part one because my initial one I was going to pick, the X-Men one, was part seven. And that wouldn't have made sense at all. So I picked technically. Technically, it would have had chapter seven because it's three parts. Sorry, yeah, yeah, but it is like one of the penultimate. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I this is the the one comic of this run that I have not read before, uh, and I loved it. I I'm going to read the rest of this man thing stuff because I think the villains really started cool. reading the second one. It's good. yeah. Uh, the the harrower as a villain is a great concept. The idea of using like fear as like the as like a weapon. And like, if you just like Carol Danvers, she, she she becomes fearful and catches on fire, but she can take the heat. Oh, that's spicy! It's so good. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely like one of the most. Mo this is the most modern one. Um, I love the art. The art is sensational. So oh my good. god. Oh my god. Harrower rips out Man Thing like like uh like a mm. Mortal Kombat villain. She yeah. rips out his spine, eyes intact. Love it. I I thought horticulture from X Men show up. Didn't expect that. Big fan of that. Well, I, I love actually. When I was reading this, I was like, hold on. I thought horticulture was only in the X-Men comics. I'm like, oh, I guess they're just all Marvel. Hey, everybody's everyone's a villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After a while, I was reading the Avengers comic, and after a while, all of a sudden, Blade had boy thing, which was a little a little man thing on his shoulder all the time. And I was like, how the hell do you come from this? I never read this. Uh, there, now we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you know. A little tiny boy thing. That's funny. Um, yeah, I love this. I think this is very cool. I love the idea of like uh, when Steve gets pulled in by the the. Oh my god, that was so good, to Ted. I thought that was. I I'm excited to see where that goes. Oh. I do want to read the rest of this. Oh, I thought I took a picture. I did. Yeah, there's a moment where like all the abandoned Captain Americas 
that yeah. like he like he never forgot any of them even the most obscure ones which is a really cool like continuity thing uh but i forget one of them ends up helping him at the end i forget which one it is uh but it, that was that was really great i love that horticulture who are no, villains ted. Ted oh is it ted mm -hmm. oh sorry that is right all right yeah, yeah. i got because I ted ted himself is a failed captain america that's that's why yeah that it took me for a second to to connect that but yes uh, i i love it uh <clears throat> i love that horticulture is uh, uh, related to our villain. And at the end of their little section, she's like, hey, and if she does this and she threatens to buy them, we'll kill her ourselves. Like she will, they will take care of their own, their own family if they go against nature. Cause they're, they might be villains, but they're for the, for the healing of the world. There's a great page of art um, that I didn't save, but I should have where um, the harrower is describing man thing's origin. And so you get like all the little nuggets of just recounting Ted's Ted's stuff on a single page. I thought was really good. Yeah. Um, his origin story, almost exactly like swamp things, almost to a T um, working on a super, uh, not a super solar serum, but a, a bio oh, T for Ted, T for Ted, T for Ted, T for Ted. Oh, little mm. coffee though. Um, yeah, I just, I, uh, I thought this was a really great first issue. I will this week continue to read the rest of them because Marvel Unlimited is easy, baby. Right. Yep. Uh, Red. So yep. Gail, I don't know how you stayed up. You, you go get some rest. Thank you so much. We will talk next week. Hey, again, the rewind is always there, my friend. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank yeah, you uh, so much. Good night. I, yeah, I love, I'm such a big fan of Steve Orlando right now. Um, and like this, there's like, now I have like six, seven comics I can read more than involved yes. man thing so yeah. i'm just like i'm so stoked yeah i love the art there are three there are three issues that are like 36 38 pages okay yeah, and yeah. they have the broken chapters inside the issues okay yeah, so yeah. it's a spider-man uh one next and, X -Men? and then the x-men one after and okay. that's the whole story okay so okay yeah so like one and a half okay cool, cool. i i love really it. like that i really want to read the rest of that story because i think it's really cool and i love that art i yeah. love that art like nobody's uh, i believe it was mate yep Matteo Lolly, who also did some X-Men work recently. Uh, let's now move on to Thunderbolts number one. This is my favorite uh, uh, one. Featuring the Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts this was one. fun. This was cute. This is a real, I think this is more fun than good. Um, yeah. I read this when it first came out, which was nine years ago. So I was definitely younger. Um, but uh, just opening on Dr. Strange has gone rogue. We have to kill him. And he's in his underwear with a goofy face. Immediately I'm on board. Uh, I think this is a pretty funny comic. I think uh, I really like Elektra and Deadpool together. I think that, I think they're a, a fun pair together. This was, I wanted to bring this up because everyone associates the Thunderbolts with Thunderbolt Ross because of this comic. This is the first time the Thunderbolt Ross has ever been associated with the Thunderbolts in their 25 years of history. Uh, and this is because of this. So I'm glad this comic exists and this run exists with all with the red team, the red squad. Uh, but Thunderbolt Ross mm -hmm. is not the Thunderbolts. I do, like, so cool. I do like the Elsa Bloodstone stuff we get in here. Oh, this is a whole, it's a heist. That's why I like this yeah. comic. It's a heist of different, uh, like, demonic entities. and, and shit. Really yeah, only yeah. with Elsa is it uh, truly a heist. Valkyrie's just kind of a, a hey, Flash, go sleep with her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and You're the, the, the and Punisher's pie. like, I got it. <laughs> oh, oh, the Punisher's great. He goes to, to Yodaheim and he's like, Punisher, you can't kill Frost Strikes. He's like, I'm the mother-effing Punisher. I can kill who I want. Yeah. Oh, I, just, it's really fun. Um... I really like that the Doctor Strange villain, his motivation is to make everyone happy. Right. And the Punisher is what makes him happy is murder. Yeah. That is the that is for me probably like the, the best reveal finally. And he like, says he says a pun, right? Um, and then kills him. Ding dong, which is dead. Yeah, ding dong, which is dead. And then he smiles, and then he's like, mm. he smiles. Yeah. Um, yeah, this isn't I wouldn't call this a particular great issue, but I think the art's really good, and I think it's a really fun time. The leader's in it, a little bit of leader yeah. action. There you go. This one I was my call favorite. This a, 
I would call this a great comic. I thought this ruled. This is my favorite of the bunch. I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I think it's good. I definitely think it's good. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. side note, if there was a shield existed and there was a division called Wand, I totally applied to start working for Wand. I love that so much. Because Wand. other than because rather than, than doing a heist, they end up in Wand and Wand and they're like we're just going to tell you everything because we're going to wipe your mind anyway, but it's going to make you more confident when you actually do the thing. So whatever. That was, like that just was the, fun, yeah. Well, and just, that they were, they, they were like, we, we commissioned you to do this the entire time. Yeah. Uh, was part of the, the shtick. Oh, they look so good in their outfits too. Mm. Oh my God. The leader in his little Iron Man suit. Oh dude, I couldn't, I, I couldn't get enough of it. I, yeah, I, I, I really, I really liked this book. This was a lot of fun. I like, I like how it's written. It's written with a very, with a very fun tone. Um, I really enjoy all the character interactions. The living uh, mummy, the living mummy and the Frankenstein monster. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah, this is great. This is great. I'm glad you should, if you like this, then you should check this Thunderbolts run out. Cause it's the entire tone the entire way through. It's a, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, in our final issue of the night, it is Fantastic Four Road Trip by my best friend in the world, Christopher Cantwell. Thank you for retweeting my tweet. Thank you so much, Christopher. Uh, also by Felipe Andrade and Art. This is one of my favorite Fantastic Four comics ever made. I think this, I think this is not just a perfect encapsulation of who the characters are uh, and who they are with each other. You know, a perfect representation of, of the Reed, of the, the, the Richards family. Uh, my TV is about to turn off. <laughs> of the Richards family. It's also, without a doubt, the 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 most horrific Fantastic Four comic ever made, and I mean in terms of of, of graphic like horrible things happening body to them, horror. body horror. This is the, one of the rawest Marvel comics I've ever read. Uh, the things that are happening in this comic, I can't believe they're let do this to children and to, into their fantastic into the first family. Uh, like the Ben is just ripping things off. He's like, I don't know if I feel good, Reed. Um, I think the art is sensational. I think the way he writes Reed, uh, and I love the way he writes Valeria losing her mind. I I think this is like a, a, a perfect horror comedy. Sue it. putting up with Reed's bullshit all the time. Yeah. Again, that's a perfect... Everyone thinks that like Sue doesn't love Reed. No, she loves him. She knows who he is. She's just learned to accept it. She shouldn't, but she has. Yeah. Like, I know you're a scientist. I like, you do your thing. I'll hang out with the kids as I always do. I am a little mad about it, but I know who you are. And that's that's perfect characterization. Uh, of course, Reed's gonna use use a vacation to go do actual experiments, and villains know this. Like, I think it's just it's a perfect plot. It's a perfect one shot. I love it. <clears throat> I love it. It was really I, good. Uh, it was. It reminded me of Animal Man by Jeff Lemire. Oh sure, yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Horror, and a lot of the body horror. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, this was definitely one of those Fantastic Four films that I was not expecting to see. Ben Grimm rip pieces of himself off. Uh, Franklin is everywhere, and oh he doesn't know where exactly he is all at once. Seeing um, Valeria's progression, seeing Sue like just constantly her gore or like her losing her own body, it was. This yeah. is like the, this is the like I've never seen this happen in, in a Marvel comic to, to, to these characters before. This is the insanity happening. Or even so Johnny broke. when he's on fire and he's like, it hurts. It's like that shouldn't happen to Johnny. So just this whole thing is like. Dang, this is scary. I, and of I, course, it's no good. And, and of course, it's just like it's all point to Reed because Reed couldn't get. He's like, oh shit, it's a trap. I screwed us all. Uh, dab, 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 I, dab, I, dab. I dab. Reveal, he's like, wait, I know this material. This is from a. This is me. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. It's always me. 
Um, I uh, Franklin, the, the way they represent Franklin's powers, because like he has the power to do whatever he wants whenever he wants. So like to represent it in the way they do is 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 brilliant. Like he's in the entire Grand Canyon, billions of versions of himself, right. and then they just disappear. Right. And and like Franklin, can you help this? He's like, Dad, I don't know if I'm here right now. Mm-hmm. That's haunting, dude. That is haunt. That's like horrifying because that's not body horror. That's like emotional <laughs> horror. Like I I love this comic so much. It's so. Uh, there's the line where Reed goes to Franklin and says, and it's like. Franklin, are you okay? He's like, yeah, why? Because you're everywhere. You're in the entire house right now. You're in the entire house right now. Ah, oh, man, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I love this comic so much. Really good. Yeah, I thought it was really well executed, both in art and, uh, like you said, doing doing what they did with the characters. It's a hard to, it's hard, hard to get over the image of the thing ripping off pieces of himself. Yeah, and his yeah. poor wife, Alicia, there, she can't see any of this, uh, but she doesn't need to see it. It's horrible. It's horrible. Okay. Anything oh. else you guys want to add? Nope. I love comic books. These All were right. good. Yeah. Uh, cool. So next week, my turn. Uh, I know what it is. Frankenstein Alive Alive by Kelly Jones did the extra art. Bernie Wrightson. Bernie Wrightson, there Steve Niles, and Bernie Wrightson. And then uh, Kelly Jones finished off the run. So Bernie Wrightson passed away before this book finished. Beautiful. Thank you for keeping with the tradition. Um, so, yeah. Keeping in the spooks. Cool. That'll Love do it. it. That'll do it, guys. Uh, next week, um, Halloween ends. It's finally ending. There'll never be another Halloween until the next one. I'm saying bye. Um, bye, Mag. Oh, yeah. Stay safe, gang. Take care. Catch you later. Thank you, too, Mag. You're wonderful. Right, Mag. All right. Uh, like this make sure to like this video and subscribe to our channel you can check out all sorts of shows that we have on this channel such as Fickner's watch which is currently going through she hulk attorney at law and uh, star wars andor stay tuned for the next episode of star wars andor coming around and house of the dragon and rings of power house of the dragon rings of power rings of power is ending this week that's right yep um it is. yeah yeah, yeah. Stay up. that's um, amazon baby Basement Arcade, which is our video game Let's Play series. Uh, coming soon, Spooktobers. Soon. Uh, stay tuned for those. Basement Arcade Pause Menu is our video game discussion series that Ben does. Uh, and sometimes Sparks and Ryan go on and be like, look, we like video games. Um, Fickner Book Club and Animation Station are also shows that you can find on this channel. Um, stay t- uh, Check out our Patreon and our Public. if you like to support us financially. We like to do a lot of stuff. We hope that you like to see us do a lot of stuff. So why don't you check out um, those places where you can help us uh, help us out if you are so inclined. Linked down below. Um, you can also find all those links and all the shows on our website at fakenerpodcast.com, uh, which is also linked below. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches the live show. And thank you to everyone who watches the Rewind. We greatly appreciate all of your support. Uh, Thank you to Jeremy Vellucci, who did all the music you've heard here tonight, as well as all the music for all of our shows. Um, You can find him at Jeremy Vellucci underscore Wreck of Time, because his band, Wreck of Time, is doing a bunch of uh, music videos they can check out right now on their YouTube channel. Uh, You can also find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, on iTunes or facebook.com slash suburban proctologist official or Instagram at subproc podcast. Thank you to Mike Patola. Mike Patola is a wonderful collaborator of our and friend. We love him. He's done cool stuff. He just finished his mummy print. 
um, exciting. And uh, 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 he also does silver logos. He took the advice of the, of the yelling Brandon Fraser. Yes, he did. Um, you can uh, find him at Mike Matola on Instagram and TikTok. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Victor Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, if you'd like to get in touch with uh, guys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for Screen Rant. I also write for uh, Atomic Geekdom and uh, uh, Media.com. Ben? You can find me desperately trying to set some sort of high score, or at least get on the leaderboard at Portland Retro Gaming Expo at BenMagnet27 on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, and GoNintendo.com. Like we said at the very beginning of the show, my newest article about my trip to the Final Fantasy Distant Worlds concert on OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com is linked down below. And of course, if you are going to be at Portland Retro Gaming Expo this upcoming weekend, I'm going to be there. Say hi. I'll probably take over the Fake Nerd Podcast Instagram. Who knows? I think it's going to be a great time. So come on over, say hi. And can you tell I'm excited? Yes. I'm excited for you. Sparks. Uh, you can find me howling at the moon at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty, and writing for nobody, nowhere, for nothing. Ryan. You can find me somewhere over the rainbow. At DJ Tony Snark 616. Maybe I'll start streaming soon because I got it set up. Will my mind let me? There's only one way to find out. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. And, uh, like this video, subscribe to our channel. Until next time we see us, guys, stay fake nerds. Stay fake nerds.